I don't know if you guys know it, but you're, uh, you're out of toilet paper. Did, did you say toilet paper? Oh, they used handfuls of wadded paper back in the 20s. <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. <laughs> he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Rewind. I'm your host, Travis. And I'm Xavier. Oh, sorry. Let me take this mask off that I wear every day now. And I'm X. Well, oh, hey, X, how you doing? So nice of you to uh, get out here and, and uh, do this podcast with me. Uh, yeah, I had to set my bubble boy suit aside to come out and record this. You have one, too. That's good. I thought I was only one. <laughs> Oh, thank God I, I got it years ago when I was in my Jake Gyllenhaal phase and I wanted yeah. to be Bubble Boy, but yeah. yeah. Came in, turns out it came in handy. No kidding. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> so this episode is uh, going to be uh, this, this is gonna be a fun episode. We, we, I think we had something planned earlier to do, but uh, this, this damn coronavirus decided to come along and, and interrupt everything, uh, including our little schedule for our podcast, so... We're taking a break from our normally scheduled podcast, and we're just going to have some fun with this. Sort of a grab bag episode. Usually at the at the end of the year, we or, or Pop Culture Rewind will do a sort of just a random covering the, the big things that we've been watching lately. And movies that maybe don't deserve a whole focused episode, but something we want to touch upon. Yeah. And it's not the end of the year, but since we figured it could be the end of days and we're not going to live to see the end of the year, now would be a good time to knock some of these out. Not that we're being pessimistic about the world ending or anything, but no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you, if you, do you think this is it? Is this, no, is this no. the the X Men Apocalypse that we're facing? First of all, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish X Men Apocalypse on anybody. Not even my worst enemy, because that movie <laughs> sucked. But uh, no, I think uh, this is a it's an interesting situation that we're in, and. It's just, it's almost like the uh, the elephant in the room. We, we we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what's going on in the world right now. Um, but uh, you go, you know, it's weird. You go to yeah. the grocery stores or whatever, <laughs> can't find nothing. You know, everybody's stuck. what's with the toilet paper? I don't know. People, I I, I got that toilet paper memo very late. <laughs> and I have been rationing it <laughs> what I got, and I didn't have a whole lot to begin with, and and you know me, I'm a very celebrated pooper, so I have, it sucks to just tear off like four little <laughs> strips or something, and you're trying to just get you, you get too small of a slice, and it's well nobody wants to hear this. Yeah, basically, uh, yeah, toilet paper scarce. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> you know, I, all I'm gonna say is, uh, you know what? Usually in, in bathrooms, you know, your your bathtub is just a few steps away from the toilet. Worst, you know, worst comes to worst, you got a bathtub. Take a dump in the shower and waffle stomp that shit down the drain, <laughs> which might be what we're coming to. Even bidets, dude. I was I spent like an hour at work online. Mm-hmm. 
looking at Home Depots and Lowe's, seeing if they had any bidets. All of them were sold out. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't hear about that one. Wow. Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. Even they're bidets. They're high in demand right now. They're yeah. high in, yeah, big time, big time. So, but not just that. I mean, yeah, like you said, the, the, the food, there's hardly any food to be found. All the produce is gone. Maybe it's there in the mornings, but it's gone by the time I get there. Yeah. It, I, and I don't know. I think it's. I think it's the panic and it's people freaking out and it's monkey see monkey do and other people are panicking because they see other people panic. Yeah. I even went out and I, I bought some, well, I, uh, I got some bullets just because I was hearing people were buying those up and I was like, what are they, why are they buying a bullets? Are they thinking there's going to be home invasions or people robbing it, looting or violence down the line? And I was like, you know what? Just to feel a little better. Let me just little box bullets. <laughs> I doubt it'll come to that, but you know it's better to have it not needed than need to not have it. Oh. So even I'm succumbing to the monkey see monkey do thing. Yeah, and I think that's what it was happening with the with the grocery store stuff. Uh, it's just funny because you know down here, right at the onset of all this, I was seeing like, you know, people after people with like multiple things of toilet paper and water, and I was like, oh look at these fools, they they think it's a hurricane. There's they think they're supposed to stock up for a hurricane like we, <laughs> like we do around here, right? So uh, but yeah, then it just kept growing and growing and growing, and more and more people. And uh, I will say this: uh, my wife, she works at a grocery store, and she says, "Yeah, like after it's still like that in the mornings. There's still people standing out line waiting for them to open, so they can go. They go straight to the toilet paper aisle." Or you know the water aisle or whatever, and that's it. But she says after that it, it filters out throughout the day, and but the warehouses are full in all the grocery stores, so there's not going to be a shortage. It's just a matter of them getting the the, the warehouse stock to the stores. That's it, you, you know. So uh. well, I mean, I am this close to, to taking like a screwdriver and just prying open one of the things at work and taking one of those gigantic <laughs> rolls that's the size of a pizza and just putting that in my bathroom. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't seen more of that <laughs> happening, uh, or we haven't heard reports of that happening. But uh, yeah, my, my my thing is, uh, you know, I, the only part of like anxiety I get from this is not knowing like how far out this thing is gonna be. Because you know, if it's like a hurricane or something, yeah, it's like a week or two or whatever. The oh yeah 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 but, yeah we don't know when the end is. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing um, that kind of the unknown I think is what's got everybody kind of unraveled here i think as far as the time yeah. goes and i'm I, that freaks me out a little bit too like you know eventually is it's my job gonna shut down am i gonna not be able to earn a living anymore i mean and that's that will literally affect my life beyond just oh the restaurants are closed or the movies are closed or yeah events rent, rent renaissance festivals and comic group events things like that are being shut down and that sucks but it doesn't really affect my life that much but yeah losing my job yeah, uh, maybe that's something to be concerned about. Yeah, and and I totally understand that, and that's I, I'm uh, fortunate enough to be at a job where they're kind of rotating us out, so like half of us are off a week, and then the other half is off the next week. You know, so it's, they kind of rotate us out. But I'm thinking, so like next week, I'm I'm home next week, and I'm getting paid for it, thank God. But like, I don't know how long that can sustain, depending on how long this situation lasts. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's my only concern. I, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm not really worried because Mike Pence, he's got this. He's in charge of this whole Corona thing, and Mike Pence, he's got this. I'm just kidding. I hate that fucker, and he's an idiot. So I'm very worried, actually. <laughs> at least well, as far as how the the government administration and, and and this is kind of getting out of hand now. This conversation, 
But, um, you know, they're talking about sending stipends to families, you know, checks to sort of cover the losses of people losing their jobs or anything. I don't know if that's really going to happen, but. Yeah, it's two checks, $1,200 a person. Yeah, $1,200 a person per adult and 500 for a kid or something like that. But uh, it's supposed to come out like in in a couple weeks, I think, is what I heard, like April 6th. Yeah, pretty soon. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. We'll 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 just see how it unfolds. If you're not working, I don't know what a thousand dollars is going to do, but I mean, that'll pay your that'll pay your mortgage probably, and that and then you're stuck with <laughs> pay your rent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that wouldn't even pay a month's rent. But okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I look forward to listening to this episode a year from now and laughing like, "Whoa! Do you mm-hmm. remember when it was crazy there for a little while? Glad that's over." And if you're stumbling across this episode down the line and you're listening, mm-hmm. and maybe you're sort of laughing and looking back like, "Yeah, that was a crazy time." That we that we lived through, <laughs> and we got through it as we always do. This is a uh, a moment in time and a moment in history, as I say. Uh, this is unprecedented. Yeah, definitely worldwide. You know, yeah. it's not just in a yeah. state or a country. It's it's affecting the world. This is going to be something that you know in a in a generation now. Remember, remember that? T- remember the coronavirus? You know, what what did you do during that era? Yeah, you know, that was it'll be something we talk about for years to come. Yeah, and hopefully, this will all pan out. Sooner than later, and uh, I know you. Pandemic out. Ah, uh, <laughs> see what I did. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I you know just got to be positive and just. Uh, <laughs> it taught the world the definition of pandemic. Words like social distancing are now part of our vocabulary. You know, it's it's a cultural milestone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but enough of that. Yeah. That's that, I, I'm yeah I'm starting to get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we, we're here to talk about some movies. <laughs> yeah, so and that's why yeah we're not here to talk all about that. But like I said before, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it at all. So uh, moving on, uh, X, what do you got for us today? Okay, um, like I said, since this is not a technically an end of the year review, I didn't know what the timeline was and things. But I finally a couple weeks ago saw a movie. That I would love to talk to you about. I have no idea if you've seen it or if you like it or not. And that was Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time of Hollywood. I did see it. You did? Do you see it in theaters? I uh, I may have talked about it on our 2019 end of the year. Oh, nice. Go fuck yourself. Well, I <laughs> just recently saw it. Um, Yay or nay? Is it one of his better ones? Is it one of his worse, weaker ones? I have no idea what you think about it. Uh, I'm going to say it's one of his better ones. One of his better ones. Okay. Yeah. I initially didn't want to talk about it because I felt when it was over, I was like, I don't know what to think. I need to see it a second time to fully absorb it. Okay. I didn't, un- I didn't know where right out of the gate. It was going to be one of his, uh, sort of like in glorious bastards where it's sort of, it's a revisionist version of history where mm-hmm. it changes. It takes an event that we know of in history and then it changes mm-hmm. it and it sort of presupposes, well, what if this happened instead? I didn't know that's what it was going to be. So the whole time that we're spending with Margot Robbie's uh, Sharon Tate, and it's not really an intimate view. We're not really seeing her do anything. We're mostly just seeing her drive and party and laugh and go to the movies. We're not really learning anything about her. It's like we're observing her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? what is the point of this? I know what the point of it. It's just so we get somewhat familiar with her. So when she eventually gets murdered at the end of the movie, we'll feel something for her. And then it ends the way it ends. Turns out she doesn't get murdered. They invade Brad Pitt. We get the best scene of the movie. And yeah. <laughs> then she, I guess she lives happily ever after and all that. And But then I started thinking, oh, my God. Now every time I see this movie, 
I'm probably just going to fast forward through every Sharon Tate scene because there's there's no point to it anymore. Is that how you felt the second? I haven't seen it a second time. That's what I'm saying. I almost didn't want to touch on it yet because I haven't seen it a second time yet. But that's what I think I'm going to do. It makes those scenes kind of benign and pointless. I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because the when I was watching it, um, about halfway into the movie, uh, you know, because this movie, if you, in case you haven't seen it, you know, it kind of it goes back and forth. Like we get a lot of Brad Pitt and uh, and Leo, and then we have a little bit of Margot Robbie's character, and it kind of goes back and forth. You know, kind of sh- shifts. But the Margot Robbie stuff isn't a whole lot, but. This whole time I'm thinking, when is this going to connect? Because there's no, the, the scenes with Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate, there's no connection to uh, to their character, to Brad Pitt's character. Other than being neighbors. Yeah, but we don't, but even then, yeah. there's no, there's no point so, to anything. Yeah, so there's, it feels, it yeah. feels dis, a little disjointed. Like it's two, yeah. movie, like it's two separate movies existing yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I needed to see it a second time. To know how it goes to really fully absorb this one. But when it ended, I felt a little dissatisfied because I was like, oh, well, I felt like you wasted a lot of my time then. <laughs> or maybe had I known that going in or something? I don't I don't know. That's I, uh, that's why I need to see it a second time. But that being <laughs> said, I thought uh, uh, Leo and Brad, they were both great. Brad uh, won an Oscar for this role. Yes. Yeah. Uh, best supporting actor? I don't even know. I, 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 he might have even been the lead character. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was clearly he was the assistant. He was clearly subservient to Leo's character. But as far as screen time goes, I haven't done the math, but I think they were both equally co co stars. Uh, like I want to say, yeah. Matter of fact, I I, I kind of get the sense that I saw Brad more in this movie than Leo. I, yeah. I, I, that's what I feel like, anyways, when I'm thinking about this movie right now. Did you even, feel the movie was too long? That that's a big critique. A lot of people say when they talk about um, oh, it was just really long. It was it was pretty long, but I didn't find myself bored or not liking what I was seeing. I, yeah, I mean that's the thing I, about Quentin's movies is he's he's really good at at making a person doing just a mundane action like feeding his dog almost entertaining. And that was the thing about Jackie Brown is I didn't like it the first time I saw it in the theaters when I was a teenager. And then it was like a year later, I saw it again. I was like, a little better. And then I saw it again a third time. And I was like, oh, okay, I finally got it. It took me like three times to appreciate Jackie Brown. I think this might be similar. Mm. There's a lot of, for lack of a better word, slow moments of just actors just sitting around doing nothing. Right. Um, but Quentin has a way of making that very fascinating <laughs> to just watch people. It's like you're a fly on the wall watching this person. It's, it's almost voyeuristic. So I wasn't bored at all during this movie. Mm-mm. Maybe the Sharon Tate stuff. I felt a little bored because I'm not learning anything about her character. She's literally just driving in a car or, or going to the movies. It's like um, there's a buildup for there because there's like these scenes that you're you're talking about. Yeah, she's just driving or going to the movie or, or or something. But we just get bits and pieces of it, and it doesn't really go anywhere until like the 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 finale of the movie, really. No, like maybe they're there to make us think that she's going to die. Cause, but I, I would love to see a version of this where all of her is pretty much cut out. Like maybe we see her pull up with Roman Polanski as as they're arriving home. And he's like, there's my new neighbors. That's the director of Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate live there. We've established that. Mm-hmm. I know the history of, of, of that incident very you know pretty well. So let trust the audience to know that we know the history the way it did with Inglourious Bastards. We know that Hitler, how it happened. Um, and maybe make maybe it'll just feel a little bit tighter. 
Um, but that being said, I, I like I said, I wasn't bored. I enjoyed the movie. I thought Brad Pitt was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Very charismatic. Leo uh, was good as, as being this sort of washed up TV actor struggling with, with trying to just stay in the limelight. Leo was great. Uh, but, you know, both of them worked with Quentin before, so uh, it was cool to see them come back and work with him again. Uh, what do you think about the Bruce Lee scene? Uh, that's the, the controversial moments, the scene that everybody's came out yeah. talking about. Uh, I liked it. I didn't, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not offended or anything like that. If that's what you're uh, getting at, but I liked, I thought it was enjoyable. I liked the guy that played Bruce Lee um, and just the interaction with, with Brad Pitt's character. Uh, well, <laughs> he had a funny line, like um, my hands, Bruce Lee is talking about his hands being lethal weapons. And like, <laughs> if I, if I kill you with my hands, I go to jail. And then what did what did Brad Pitt say? That little he had a funny line. <laughs> if anybody kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> I think you're just using that as an excuse to to not fight or something like that. But yeah, yeah, Brad does put. But it's like I mean I didn't I wish I knew a little bit more about Brad's character. They touch on that he killed his wife, but we didn't really fully did he or not? Like was he really guilty? Like was it done as murder? Or did he get away with it? Or no. was it an accident? We don't really know. Uh. uh, uh he goes toe to toe like like ka 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 with Bruce fucking Lee. Yeah. So this guy is like an amazing fighter. Uh, Leo when he's trying to get him a job, he's like he's a damn war here for crying out loud. It's like we get all these little touches on who this character is, but none of it gets really fleshed out. But oh, he has an awesome dog. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, no shit, right? That, that I can't do it, but like that that noise he does. Yeah. And then when the dog, like the home invasion scene. Best scene of the fucking movie. Oh, yeah. He's he's on acid at the time. He's all amused. Like, hey, I know you. Your name is Rex or something. <laughs> this guy's got a gun on him, and he's just like, you're, you, were, you were on a horse. and Oh, he's having a ball, and he just kicks their ass. And then and then Leo fucking torches the chain. <laughs> it's like, whoa, where did this movie... It, it sort of changed the tone in a great way, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, is like, it got cranked up to like 11 on that, on that final scene. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was a very entertaining scene. Uh, all hell's breaking loose inside the house, and Leo's in the back floating in a pool, not knowing, just being oblivious to what's going on until somebody goes flying out the window, and then he gets his blowtorch. He goes out, <laughs> gets his blowtorch, and just, yeah, like I said, torches that motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, awesome movie. Great cast. A lot of little little roles, but Al Pacino's in this. He could, yeah. you know, barely kind of like one one juicy scene, but Al Pacino's in this. Uh, yeah, super awesome. I enjoyed it. I, I put it somewhere in the until I see it again. I put it somewhere in the middle. It's not one of his weaker ones. I don't know if it's as brilliant as his, as his best work because I got to revisit it again, knowing the story and wondering: Is he wasting my time misleading me? Is he almost intentionally misleading me? For the sake of the mm. shock, which will work one time. Yeah, that'd be a good observation for the next viewing of it because I've only seen it once myself. Uh, but in, yeah. going over it now, then yeah, I can say yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, uh, take on that. As far as was that a waste mm. of time? I don't. Th- I mean, even if it was, I'm not. I don't have your your outtake on it. Of did you waste my time? Because I was. If I was entertained. By it overall, then I don't think that is a waste of time. But that's just well, you were the first time, but 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 then you go in, you realize that the Sharon Tate is barely a character in the movie with no character development, no character arc, nothing. Right? Are you going to be bored watching her for so long? 
Maybe maybe in my in my remembrance of this movie, I don't know because when I'm thinking about the movie, I don't remember her scenes being that long or anything that took up like thirty minutes or something like a Quentin. Scene I mean, in the beginning, possibly... like they go to the Playboy Mansion and there's a whole mm-hmm. scene with Damian Lewis as uh as a who is he was was it, was it Paul Newman who is he supposed to be? Um, but he points you see her she used to date him and then she dumped him for him and he he breaks down their whole love triangle sort of a thing so we can know what happened we can know the history of her room Polanski and jc bringing all that kind of stuff yeah and and damien lewis is great in the little role but they really just put a character in just to give backstory to the characters room Polanski and sharon tate and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day yeah but it's entertaining and it's cool. And Damian Lewis says, "Was it Paul? No, it was a uh, uh, fucking what's his name? Uh, oh God, from the Great Escape? No, not whatever. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Uh, yeah, that, and that's cool to see an actor play Steve McQueen telling the story of Rome Polanski and all that kind of stuff. And that's fun. But does it really add to the story at all? Which is really about this TV actor and his stuntman assistant." Well, if you break it down like that, no, it doesn't. <laughs> like, if you're just if you're just focusing just on that uh, that one story, no, you don't need that movie, but or you don't need that scene at all. Yeah. Anyways, at the end of the day, I liked it. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't want to get too bugged down because we got a lot more movies to talk about. Yeah, and uh, I I think what uh, what I did Let's talk about initially, I, I want to say it was in my top five or uh, top three or top five of Quentin movies for me. Oh, I really, like, really liked it that much. But now, you know, that was right after I saw it. So, you know, <laughs> maybe, I was, maybe yeah. I was riding high on just watching. You're still it. pumping the endorphins, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's another filmmaker uh, who put out another movie last year. I think it was last year. A filmmaker we both enjoy that, both, like Quentin, we've dedicated a whole episode to this filmmaker. And that was Kevin Smith, who came out with a brand new installment in the Viewers Universe, a brand new Jane Silent Bob adventure, Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, you finally saw this like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and when you say brand new, that's <laughs> is is it? Because <laughs> it's 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 basically Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Just and he's oh he's, yeah, he's admitted that. Like he's like straight up said, "I'm still in my own fucking movie." Same jokes and all, and he wasn't kidding. I was watching this movie. I was like, "Holy shit!" He wasn't. This is straight up a remake. Uh, very much so. Like the it's like a reboot. The in this idol yeah but does that absolve him of a responsibility it's like oh if you make if you make the joke yourself at your own expense now nobody else can make that same joke because i already did you know what i mean to an extent i think but this is put into the test <laughs> yeah uh, um did you enjoy it i enjoyed parts of it there's stuff to be enjoyed i gotta admit the biggest la- like you said the 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 matt damon loki scene was probably the first time you actually laughed yeah. i think i had the same thing i was like really? ha! like i finally laughed out loud and it was like 40 minutes into the movie yeah. or something like that but matt yeah matt damon who uh, he sort of has a just a one scene cameo as mm-hmm. loki he sort of fills yeah. in the gap of what happened after jay and silent Bo- or a uh, dogma yeah because he supposedly died but then he's uh, he has that, that. He has this one pun. <laughs> I can't remember what the pun is. But yeah, I can't remember what the joke was, but it made me go. Huh. He got yeah. reborn as oh, someone else, that's so was, that's his yeah. reborn identity. Boom! Like <laughs> that's yeah. how he delivers it. <laughs> that was fun. I liked seeing uh, Ben Affleck finally come back to the franchise mm. as Holden McNeil, and he wraps up his story and he explains Parenthood. 
in a real like I'll give my I'll take off my hat to Kevin Smith who wrote that scene the way he describes being a father and he uses movies as an analogy mm-hmm. he like your children are like a reboot of yourself in your life uh and I was like whoa like it, shit it almost made me want to have a kid <laughs> it was a really well written scene and then as they're leaving he's talking to a little girl he's like they're gone girl and he just starts doing movie puns about his own movies that he's done so it's he even says Argo fuck yourself uh that was a great scene there's a scene at the end when when there's this big riot breaking out and everybody's fighting like terrorists have basically taken over a comic-con and jay stands up and goes the baguettes and i lost it because and i know this because he's basically saying the he speaks valerian like daenerys when she tells all the unsullied <laughs> to rise up against and i'm like and he says the whole thing and you're like you know what at a comic-con if there's a setting to use that line that people would understand the context and the translation, it would be at a Comic-Con. Right. <laughs> and they all understood. And then Kevin Smith, who plays himself in this, because Kevin Smith is... the Kevin Smith, the director, is right. now in the Viewers universe. Uh, okay. <laughs> he even goes, he just spoke fucking Valerian. I got a big <laughs> kick out of that. There's fun moments to be had. Um... But I think the movie takes a really deep dive as soon as Harley Quinn Smith gets introduced. Yeah. I did. I do not think she's got what it takes to be an actor, an actress. Obviously, she got this gig because of her father. It's, it's you know, Well, her only part. gigs are in her father's movies, I think. Oh, uh, well, she, it's ironically enough, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Was she? She was in the, in the... The 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 scene the where all the creepy people are the ranch scene Lena Dunham is there and she's just one of the random people standing. Oh, okay, cool. Maybe I missed that. Oh. Yeah, you probably did because there was there was like a dozen people on screen yeah. just standing around. You know when Brad Pitt's like changed my tire and the guy's like no and he just pushes yeah. him and he just keeps punching him. <laughs> like Brad Pitt is such a fucking badass in yeah. that movie. He's I thought he was gonna change his tire and then he throws it the the fucking wrench like you change it. I was like oh shit and the guy says no and he just kicks his ass. I, good for him that he got the Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> it, like I saw, I knew he won the Oscar first, and it felt a little like, oh, they're just giving Brad Pitt an Oscar because he's Brad Pitt and he deserves one by now. And then I saw the movie, I was like, well, shit, yeah. that was actually a good performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but back to James on the Bump. Yeah. <laughs> it was really rehashing a lot of old shit. It was a little yeah. depressing seeing how old, uh, Banky or, or was it Brody? Uh, it Brody. Uh, Brody. Yeah. Yeah, how old they've all gotten, and Kevin Smith is now all slim and shit. There's nothing funny about an in-shape man. And uh, also, just seeing the, uh, the years that have been kind to Jay Muse. Uh, I know he's, you know, he's, drugs. He's lived a life, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's had a few hard years. Drugs are a son of a bitch, I'll say that, but uh, I don't know. It was just, yeah, yeah. You're, you you kind of hit it right on the head there where you said it's kind of depressing to see some of the way they they kind of aged over the years and ironically kevin smith is like the best one out of all of them but uh, <laughs> he's aged the best yeah um yeah it was just I, um the part where harley quinn uh and her little buddies all got together and stole, stole the van dude i like immediately fell asleep like i had to watch it again like i fell asleep and then i woke up at the end of the movie and then i had to rewatch it again <laughs> Uh, all because of those characters that they were just going on. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I knew what they were doing. They're doing the whole, well, they mentioned in the movie. It's the, they thought there was the, you know, the three girls as diamond mm-hmm. thieves, you know, but it turned out to be something else. But 
Yeah, anyway. it was like every time she tries to act, and she really goes for it. Like she goes for it in this movie. She tries to give all the range, all the big speeches of "We all have something in common." What? None of us knew our father. I was like, "Boo, fucking who? You you have two moms. You live in a you have a good what the fuck." That I had to join a support group of these girls. You have no idea what I've been through. Oh, cry me a foot. I'm doing a little violin right now. Uh, she was just really, really bad. And, and and good, good, good for you as a father, Kevin Smith. You're giving your kid a shot, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't think she has <laughs> what it takes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. As soon as she showed up, I thought I think the movie came to a screeching halt, and, and I it think was hard it, to stick with it. I think it kind of picked up when they got into the Comic Con, and she left, and then they find, and then they meet Holden, and then it feels like a, it feels like a, a good old school Kevin Smith movie when it's just James Allen Bob and Holden McNeil talking because yeah. that scene goes on for a little while, and then Alyssa Jones comes in, yeah. and then they bring in the little girl who is actually Jason Mewes' daughter in real right. life, right? And that's like one of the best scenes in the whole movie because it's minus Harley Quinn. And you know, uh, behind the scenes. This is the first time, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know, but uh, Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith had a falling out years ago. And this is Ben Affleck's, I mean, they patched things up, I think, a year or two ago. And this is the first time they've actually worked together. And I think that scene with them. Since Jersey Girl, I think. I think so, yeah. And that's not really Mm. a VSQ movie. It's just whatever. But. um, It's a Kevin Smith movie. I wouldn't. Oh, well, it's not. Is that is that in the views queue first? I don't think it is. It's not. It's not in the universe, but it's a movie directed by Kevin Smith starring Ben Affleck. I mean, that's the last time they worked together. I'm just right. Saying, oh yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Giving yeah. you a timeline. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so there was some significance of him being in this movie. That's that's the point I was trying to make on that. But um, oh yeah, I mean, there was a while there a few years ago when I would listen to a lot of Kevin Smith's podcasts. I haven't listened to one in a long time, but he was always, you know, he'd be talking. Obviously, he talks nerdy shit. He would talk about the Batman movies, and he would always emphasize. And you know, I'm not just saying like I know Ben, I know him once upon a time, but I haven't spoke to him in years. He would always emphasize, mm-hmm. you know, before he went into a whole rant about Batman v Superman and something like, "Yes, I knew Ben once upon a time in Hollywood, but I don't know him anymore." <laughs> keep just keep coming back to that movie, man. <laughs> It's a good movie. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I I haven't been a huge Kevin Smith fan for a while. I like his early stuff, obviously. Um, and this was kind of like on par with, with his later stuff. There's things to be enjoyed about it if you're a fan. Uh, there's you know, there, Yeah, there's moments. There's fun scenes and everything like that. But, but is it as good as like the Clerks and Morats and Chase and Amy era Kevin Smith? Eh, probably not. And it is a little too self-aware. Mm-hmm. And it uses as an excuse to sort of, uh, pick, to sort of pick at low hanging fruit, sort of obvious jokes. Yeah. Like, like there's a scene where Jay and Silent Bob and Harley Quinn are at the Comic Con, and Kevin Smith comes up to the panel, and she makes this whole meal of a scene where she grabs Silent Bob and looks at him and looks at Kevin Smith and Hey, you look just like him. Well, no shit, because it's Kevin Smith. Like we get it. That's low hanging fruit, but they make a whole meal of that scene, you know. It would have been better if they didn't acknowledge the fact that he looked like him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or, or make it like a throwaway line, but she has this big, effusive, what, what, what? You know, and I'm like, dude, like, that's such an obvious joke. It's too obvious. Don't go for it. But he goes for it. And that's the difference between, like, early Kevin Smith and later Kevin Smith is he goes for the really obvious jokes and he spoon feeds it to you. Yeah. He'll make a reference, like a movie reference. Like, he says something about uh, the dishes are done, man. I've been saying the dishes are dumb ass since I was a little kid. All my friends, we still say it all the time. Right. And then he has to point and go, 
Keith Coogan and don't tell don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Like, dude, you didn't need to tell me what the reference was. Just give me the line, and the nerds will get it. And if they don't, well, they wouldn't appreciate it anyways. Right. And that's what I'm saying. He spoon feeds you. He doesn't. He doesn't trust his audience to be nerdy enough anymore, like he used to back in the day. No time for love, Doctor Jones. Hey, that's a line from Temple of Doom. You know, don't mm. in Clerks he would just make the reference, and we right. got it. Yeah. Because that's a good he was point. Like, oh, he's yeah. a he's a fellow nerd like us. Now he has to explain it because yeah. he's trying to appeal to everybody. I guess. That's a that's yeah that's a good take on that. I uh, there was something off about his not the I guess the writing but just his sense of humor I guess has changed and that, I think you hit it right there. I think that's what it is. Like back in the day, I boiled it all down to one joke <laughs> yeah, or two jokes. Well, he I mean because yeah, like you said, he back in the day, yeah, he would just do a reference uh, to something, and if you got it, you got it. Um, but yeah, now he does explain like the joke and everything, and it's just he, yeah. That's good, yeah. I'll, mm. I'll, I'll concur with that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> but do you concur? Okay. Uh, Let me ask you this. Uh, have you seen, like, his other recent, like, his other movies lately? Like, Tusk or Yoga Hosers or anything like that? I saw Tusk. That's the one where Jace, Dustin Long plays a podcaster who gets turned into a walrus. Yes. I, I did not care for that at all. I think I saw some of Yoga Hosers. I might have seen it all, but I think I just tuned out halfway because I don't remember any. I don't remember how it ends. I just remember it had Johnny Depp's daughter and Harley Quinn Smith in it. And then he did this other one where they were that was no that was Yoga Hosers. See, I don't even know. Not really. He, he started to do this Canadian franchise of it's a Winnipeg a yeah Winnipeg series or whatever he called it or Winnipeg trilogy. And I, yeah, and they didn't really pan out, uh-huh. and nobody saw them. Uh, I barely saw them, and I was only just out of respect that I have for his '90s work. Yeah, but uh, and, and before that, he did. He actually did like a, I don't want to say a horror movie, but he did like a thriller. It was that Red State, Jersey movie. State, Red State, yeah, Red State. Yeah, that was all right. That was it was. A, it was I've di- actually never seen that. It was different. It was it was Kevin Smith, but he, it, it was very toned down, and it was. If you, I don't think if you knew Kevin Smith directed, I don't think you could have said, "Oh, this is a Kevin Smith movie." At least, if I'm. You know, remember that correctly, but I it's been years since I've seen it. But um, you ever see Cop Out? No, <laughs> of all the wonderful reviews about it, I just never wanted to see it. So. Yeah, it sounds terrible, but part of me is just morbidly curious to see if it's as bad as everybody says. I mean, I know I know so much about the movie because Kevin Smith's talked about it so much how Behind much he hates scenes. working with Bruce Willis, yeah. Yeah. How, how difficult it was, you know, doing a studio film with Bruce Willis as a star who we hated. So I know so much about it, but I've never actually seen it. But isn't that the, the cop out that whole fiasco? Isn't that what got him to step away from like Hollywood movies and he just does his own thing now? Ever since that movie, I, th- I think that's what it is. He, like he just got fed up with doing Maybe. movies, doing movies for a studio as opposed to doing movies that he wanted to do for himself. I think that's. I think that cop well, out was. I, the... I think he he still did Zach and Mary make a porno, which which I think I said once it felt like him wanting to be Judd Apatow. Yeah, I think he said that. He, yeah. he was really like Judd Apatow and and all of his minions. You know, he he's, he's sort of a big guy in Hollywood, and he branches out a lot. He's worked with a lot of funny people, Seth Rogen, all those kind of guys. He was so emulating what Judd Apatow was doing with the R-rated comedies, and he even cast regulars, Judd Apatow regulars like Craig Robinson and Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks, and all all the regular Judd Apatow people. He was even casting them, and even so, I think he was. Was that a studio movie? Was that Miramax? I think. Still, yeah. Before. Um, I want to say before, yes. Oh, by the way, Harvey Keitel fucking convicted. Twelve years. He's seventy-eight. 
12 years. Harvey uh, Weinstein, not Harvey Cattell. What did I say? You said Harvey oh, Cattell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. I was like, wait, no, what? I was like, what? Harvey Cattell? No, Harvey, awesome. Harvey Weinstein, uh, yeah, he, he, he's, he's going down. Yeah. Uh, oh, but so I think that was a Miramax movie. Now he's got uh, coronavirus, I think. I think they said that today. Harvey Weinstein's got coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I know, right? But yeah, that guy's going to die in prison. <laughs> God willing. Hey, knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, but uh, okay, yeah. well, I mean, we're we're getting we're going down a Kevin Smith rabbit hole of of other shit he does. We were just supposed to talk about Jay stuff. So uh, you know, we got some a few more things to talk about. Uh, there was a movie I just saw like a week ago called Knives Out. Ah, uh, yes, good movie. Yeah, yeah. what? Good movie. Yep. Good movie. You liked it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, Brian ooh. Johnson. Oh, what? Oh. No, I I uh, I was really avoiding this movie. Because of Ryan Johnson. Really? The writer-director. Right. And not just because he wrote and directed and ruined The Last Jedi. <laughs> which he did. Yeah. And he, he fucked it. And, and not even just that. Since The Last Jedi came out and it was terrible, he's gone on and tried to, like, revise. He's tried to he's tried to pull a Quentin trying to revise history himself by saying, like, oh, but Empire Strikes Back. Nobody liked that at the time. Which is a fucking lie. And stop trying to drag Empire down <laughs> to raise your movie up. He's he's an asshole. And he spells his name like a fucking asshole. So I didn't want to watch the movie. But not even just because of the Jedi, the, uh, Last Jedi. I'm not really a fan of his movies. I've seen Brick one time. I don't think I'll ever probably see it again. I've seen Brothers Bloom. That one's okay, but mostly on the charisma of Mark Ruffalo and Adrian Brody. And again, I've only ever seen that twice. And I fucking own it. And I haven't seen it in like 10 years. Looper, I didn't care for at all. I think it's kind of stupid if you stop for two seconds and think about the logic. So I'm not a huge Ryan Johnson fan, so that's what put me off. But then I came across it recently, and I thought, like, you know what? Let me just check it out, see what the buzz because it was getting some good buzz, mm-hmm. yeah. and it had a good cast. I was really intrigued mm-hmm. more so by the cast than anything else. Right. Uh, spoiler alert, though, if you haven't seen Knives Out, we're gonna talk about. It was kind of obvious. What, what what the plot? I mean, who the killer was? I think it's a, basically it's a who done it. It's an it's right. a murder on the train. Agatha Christie who done it? Clue who done it? And it's kind of obvious right from the start because Chris Evans is probably the biggest movie star in the whole movie, and he's not even in it until like halfway through. Right. So for him to show up halfway through as a character, you're like, well, it's because he's the killer. Duh. It's kind of just obvious, <laughs> but not had nothing to do with the plot, nothing to do with the script. But by the casting, by the virtue of it's Chris Evans, it makes it obvious. Mm. And that and that's how I look at movies. And I probably again, I'm accused of overthinking things. That's how I approached it, and I figured it out in two seconds when I realized Chris Evans is not in this movie. It's been like half an hour, and we've barely even seen him. So he's going to be the killer, right? It was like that. <laughs> that's how I approached it. Well, uh, I didn't. I didn't overthink it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you did. Did but. you think he was a good guy when he's having when they're having lunch and he's like, "Tell me everything." And, no. and then the, the the main chick Ana de Armas, who is gorgeous but really boring. This she has no character. She has no character arc. Mm. There's nothing about. Describe her character to me. Well, I think isn't that by design in this movie? Like she's supposed to be like this one dimensional. Yeah, I think right. She's supposed to be. Why? 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 Why am I supposed to follow this chick on the journey if she has no character? She's a plot device. She's not a character. Uh, She's really boring. Well, yeah, but I think that's by design, though. I, I, 
I don't. <laughs> I guess I don't. But here, okay. So here's the thing. Like, I I, I was hesitant to go uh, support this movie because of Ryan Johnson, <laughs> but I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, it's first of all, it's a murder mystery flick, and I like murder mystery flicks. I'm a like I'm a sucker for it. Like, if it's a murder mystery, I'll go I'll go check it out just just to just go for the ride, right? Um, but I was thinking, okay, in Last Jedi, she did a lot of swerves in that movie for the sake of swerves. Like you didn't think something was going to happen. Like Luke just tossing his lightsaber and stupid shit like that. Like that shit doesn't work in star Wars, but I was thinking back my mind. Okay. That shit might work on his own. Like something that he, he's just doing on his own. That's not conflicting with a whole other franchise. Right. That's my mentality that I had going in there. It's like, okay, that's fair. Yeah, so, uh, but in going into it, I, I, I did have, like, I was, I had my guard up a little bit, and by the end of the movie, I was like, okay, it wasn't so bad, you know, it was fine, but, uh. It was okay, I mean, it was, I'm, I'm not saying it's a terrible movie, I didn't I just, I, I, I jumped right on the negative aspects of it, because, yeah. because, because fuck Ryan Johnson, uh, <laughs> I really hate how he's gone on, on record and, and accusing the fans of being wrong for mm-hmm. disliking his movie on Twitter and things like that. And yeah, he's kind of a dick. So that's why, I, that's why I was like, yes, I, I was, I was prepared to hate this. I would, had it been, had it been a good movie, I would have been like, yeah, okay, it's fine. But like I said, the big twist was a little duh to me, but again, it was more of the virtue of, I understand movies. I understand Hollywood. I understand actors and their status and their salaries and things like that. Um, Christopher Plummer was actually pretty good in this. Mm-hmm. I, I liked him. He was I like fun. I like Daniel Craig in this movie a lot. I it it, it, after, it takes like five minutes to get used to a southern accent, but once you do, you're kind of on board, and he's kind of fun. Did you see Daniel Craig in uh, what was that movie? Logan called? Lucky. Logan Lucky. Yeah. Did you Did you mm-hmm. see that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What'd you think of him in that one? That's a good movie. Adam Driver and Channing Tatum and Riley Keough. That, uh, that's a fun movie. It is and fun. It is, it's It's like a heist movie. Uh, I would. Ch- I don't know if that did really well. I never hear anybody talk about Logan Lucky, but that's pretty good. Almost Steven like Soderbergh, who did it, and yeah. we know he can do heist movies because he did the Ocean's Eleven movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows a good heist movie, and and it it's basically like a a, a Southern Fried Ocean's Eleven. Is basically <laughs> what Logan Lucky is. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's uh, really but there's good. some fun to be had, and you got Adam Driver in it as uh, yeah, I recommend Logan Lucky and. And Daniel Craig doing the the accent again threw me off for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> but you get used to it and you move past it. Okay. Anyway, I just thought that was, I just, when it, when I thought of that accent that he was using, I, I thought of him in, in Logan Lucky. So, uh. yeah, he, he's starting to take. You know, I say Chris Evans is the biggest actor in it, and you might say, well, Daniel Craig. But I mean, other than Logan Lucky, what 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 have you seen him in? on James Bond since it became James Bond. Well, now, hold on. I'm, I see what your point is, but yeah, he's basically James Bond. But with Chris Evans, yeah, he's just Captain America, but I think popularity... Oh, I don't think he's just Captain America. Well, that's... I'm, I'm... Hold on. Give me a sec here. Because, like, whatever... Whatever he's popular on, like, Captain America and MCU, the popularity is, like, way up here. So no, no matter how big, like, a franchise is, like, say you got a, a James Bond. What is... Would, I guess, MCU be more popular it's like than... they, they each have the thing that if either yeah. one of them were to god forbid to die tomorrow the first line of obituary was james bond captain america right that would be the thing they're most associated with yeah but i can list a bunch of shit chris evans has done you know beyond that losers and snowpiercer and iceman and and things like that 
I can't. I can barely think of anything Daniel Craig has done. Can you? Beyond James. Logan Lucky, name something he's done since he's become James Bond. Name a movie he's been in. Knives Out. <laughs> so you can't even think of either. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Chris Evans is like the huge star of this, and, and he, the but the virtue that he's not even in it until halfway through the movie, it's sort of a big red flag. Like, well, duh. Yeah. Oh. And plus, he's playing like the he he plays like an asshole the star, and then he's acting like he's you know buddy buddy with her. And then yeah, it's it goes back and forth. But you kind of yeah, I see I, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Although Anna de Armas is painfully gorgeous in this movie and everything she does, and, and she's actually a new Bond girl in the upcoming uh, Bond movie if we ever get it because because uh, <laughs> it's been postponed thanks to this fucking. COVID-19 bullshit. Yeah, let's, you want to talk about that real quick? Because this whole yeah. thing is it's affecting everything, not just with us, you know, just individuals, but also industries, world industries around the world. It's affecting everything, movie industries yeah. included. Um, are, are, are movie theaters still open where you are? I know AMC, they reduced the capacity to 50%. Yes, I, I can literally, I'm pulling my shutter, my... My curtain open, I can see an AMC theater. Like, I live that close to one. I can walk to it. This is my movie I go to is AMC. And, yeah, they're doing the 50% capacity mm. now. So everybody has can, can be at it, can socially distance themselves from other moviegoers. Um, Which, but, you know what? But, I'm okay with that because I don't like being crammed in a theater anyways. I, if I got fuck yeah. 50%, 50% less <laughs> assholes around me while I'm watching a movie. If there's one good yeah. thing to come out of this coronavirus, <laughs> it's it's emptier theaters. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, uh, No Time to Die, the next James Bond flick, we've been talking about James Bond for a while, was slated to come out April 10th, it's been postponed, we don't know when. Quiet Place and Black Widow were supposed to come out in May, May 1st, those have been postponed. Mulan, fucking, the the live action Mulan, which, uh, you know, I have my issues with this Disney readapting shit, but this one might have a potential to be readapted, that's getting postponed, it was supposed to come out March 27th. New Mutants, which has been delayed for how many fucking years at this point, is now also... It was finally ready to come out April 3rd, and now that's also... It's like, can you Jesus imagine Ma- Maisie Williams is going to be on Social Security by the time this fucking movie comes? Can out. You imagine being like the cast and crew of this movie. It's like, yes, we're fine. We got to do. We got to release date April third, twenty twenty. Finally, this movie's going to come out, and then like two weeks before it, oh, there's a whole worldwide pandemic. <laughs> you're, uh, you're we're not going to release your movie. The MCU will have mutants before this movie comes out. Yeah. Hey. Uh. Um, really it, curious to see how they handle that. And now, also, movies that have just recently come out since nobody went to the movies uh, this past this past week. These movies are already starting to show up on on demand, like Onward, and um, I think The Hunt. Um, like you can already get these movies. I think Emma also did that just come out. Also, Emma. Um, I think that was in the list of being postponed, but maybe they did maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting that mixed up with another movie. But anyway, yeah, you can go on Amazon and and, and your on demand services, and you can already get them. You can per- you can rent them. Check this out. You can rent them for twenty dollars. I'm not Jesus. Re- yeah, I, renting, not not owning, just renting for twenty bucks. <laughs> like a Blu-ray, I can get for twenty bucks, right? And own it, yeah, <laughs> with a digital copy and a regular DVD thrown in just for funsies and yeah. and some and a little liner notes and some postcards and some bumper stickers. So I bought Spaceballs on DVD on Blu-ray <laughs> just because it came with. Bumper stickers. Did it really? 
Yeah, it has the uh, We Break for Nobody that the ship has. It has the I Heart Uranus that was let Lone Star had. And then there's one that I'm going to put on my car. It just says Spaceballs, the bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it at a half price book so I can open it. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm buying this just to get the swag. <laughs> I got to go look that up now. Shit. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but uh, yeah, Knives Out. Ah. I think it's. I think it just also speaks that Ryan's voice and me just don't connect. Like I said, I've seen all of his movies, and all of them are like a little. Eh. I just. I just don't click with this dude. It rem- the movie reminded me a little bit of this movie that came out last year, maybe in the summer of last year, called uh, Ready or Not. Ah, uh, yes. You see that one? Yes. It was like this. This girl from a more humble upbringing who's sort of being thrust amongst this morally compromised old money wealthy family mm-hmm. and how she has to deal to cope with them and that is a way better movie it's a way more fun movie with a much more likable leading actress it's a crazier movie. movie for sure i'll give you that it's a better movie dude yeah it's a yeah nobody talked about that movie a whole lot it kind of flew under the radar mm-hmm. yeah but everybody's everybody, oh let's all bend over backwards to suck knives out dick but i was like dude ready or not it's a little similar but it's better and samara weavy is fantastic as the lead and I think she would have been a great Ahsoka Tano. Oh, you think so, huh? Well, I think she'd be a great anything, really. <laughs> I'm really all about her. Uh, did you see her in The Babysitter on Netflix? No, no, I didn't. It's a Netflix movie called The Babysitter. I highly recommend it. Hmm. I think I on s- the strength of her, she's really great. She's gorgeous and mm-hmm. funny and cool. She she's really good at being, and she did a little bit of this in Ready or Not of being like. Sort of the way J.D. McCarthy, when she was hosting Singled Out, like, I'm like a guy, I'm like a hot chick who could hang out with the boys, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm into nerdy shit, and I like the things that boys like, and I'm that approachable kind of girl, even though I'm fucking sexy. She kind of has that vibe about her in, in everything she kind of does. She was in Three Billboards, and she fucking, every scene she was in, she stole it. From Frances McDormand, she's stealing scenes in Three Billboards outside every Missouri. She, I, I keep an eye on her, but I think she'd be a good Ahsoka. Hmm. Well, um, it's funny you should you should say that because uh, we have some breaking news this week. That's uh, <laughs> this just in. Yeah, this just in. <laughs> this just in. I just been handed this. That long ticking paper. Yeah. Wait, that's for like the stock market, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we 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 got some news that uh, Mandalorian season two. Just cast a live. They're gonna bring in Ahsoka Tona. Um, in, Tono. It. What I say? Tono. Oh. Ahsoka Tono. Oh. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> Ahsoka. Keep her name out of your mouth, you son of a bitch. If you can't get it right, I love Ahsoka. Ahsoka. <laughs> Ahsoka. Um, no. So they're gonna cast the live action Ahsoka in season two of Mandalorian, and it's gonna be she's gonna be played by none other than Rosario Dawson. So, yeah. Okay. Obviously, I love Ahsoka as yeah. a character. We mm-hmm. did a Clone Wars episode where mm-hmm. I fucking you know gush all over how much I love the character of Ahsoka. I like Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. She's she's got a, a strength about her, which I think is as far as the as the thought decision goes. Hey, she's a strong woman who plays strong characters. Get her. Um, but I don't, I'm not feeling this one. Really? Okay. And it's ironic that it's like her, she's got a strength about her, and that was the whole thought process be, behind her voicing Wonder Woman. She's voiced Wonder mm-hmm. Woman a few in a few DC animated movies. Yeah, 
She's also voiced Artemis, a different Amazon, and another DC animated movie. <laughs> and it's like, well, because she's a strong woman, th- then she'll bring some strength to the role, and that's what we want. And it's like, they don't think beyond that, but I, I never really felt her as Wonder Woman. I didn't think it it was a good choice. And I'm not sure how I feel about this. Uh, <laughs> the thing about Ahsoka is, is, is she's... Oh gosh, I don't even know. How to... let what me, do you think of it? Well, let me ask you this: Do you want to see a live-action Ahsoka? I mean, yes, but not in the Mandalorian. You're, dude, you're you. No, you got to go back and watch. You're gonna have to watch Mandalorian at some point. Uh, I saw the I saw the pilot. I know you saw the pilot. Was, you don't like it because that was enough. Day. I know. Uh, I mean, it's so dumb. Like, what? Okay, he lands on a planet, and he needs to learn how to ride from some alien, and so he can venture across. Why didn't you just fucking land your ship on the other side of the valley? Why do you need to learn to... Why do we need to spend, like, 20 minutes of you learning how to ride like a cowboy to get through this valley when you could have just landed over there? Because. <laughs> because we need to really make this feel like Western. Uh, I, I, I saw the pilot, and I was like, yeah... I'll give it a chance eventually one day, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not jumping on this moving train right now at the moment. Okay. You're lost. But uh, okay, so uh, you're saying you, you do want to see her as a live action version, just not on this show. So you, you... and and maybe with like a, maybe with Samara Weaving or somebody, I don't know, or a better act. I, 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 no offense to Rosario Dawson, I, I do like her, I, she's beautiful, and but. Oh. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. So I, I, I had to I had to go back and and revisit the last few times we saw Ahsoka chronologically, and I went to the last episode of Rebels, where it takes place after the original trilogy, and we see her and Sabine go off to find Ezra. Yeah, but that's like it, that's and the reason I'm bringing that up is because like that's like the oldest we've seen Ahsoka, right? Because she's got the mm-hmm. she got the, the the hood and whatever this staff she has or some shit. Um, mm-hmm. So I wonder if they kind of well, she's not, not aged up, but I mean, she's gonna be older, Ahsoka. When does the Mandalorian take place in Star Wars timeline? Mandalorian takes place after the original trilogy, after Jedi. Yes, but before Force Awakens. Yes, gotcha. So she's still around. She'd right. be a little older. She Rosario Dawson, age wise. Yeah, okay. Ah. I, I, I'm I'm a little apprehensive. We'll see. I'll have to wait and see. She might blow. She might nail it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I and have. If she does, I'm, I'll I'm, be the first one to say I was wrong. I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. How about that? Fair enough. Yeah. As I'm as as I. Yeah. Anywho. Oh, speaking of Ahsoka, there is a. I've been watching the the new season of uh, Clone Wars. They finished up their first little story arc, the first four episodes, which is about. Oh, the, they're doing it the same way. Yeah, so it's uh, the, oh, okay. The first four episodes about is that. about the bad batch of uh, troopers, and then now episode five just aired this week, and it's the first story part of the return of Ahsoka. Also, so it's been a. She hasn't been in it so far. J- episode five is the first time we see her. Oh, okay. I thought she would have been really. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I figured they would have, because they, they teased her in the trailer, right. and I think people yeah. would tune in and be like, Ahsoka, and then to wait five episodes of, to, to whip her out. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that to be done with, and then I'll just binge it. Yeah. I can't do week to week anymore. I've, I've evolved. <laughs> week to week, it's for the birds. As far as I'm concerned, they're just doing their job. I don't tip. But, um, 
Uh, another movie that came out that I kind of want to talk about a little bit. Uh, you've seen it. I uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. I just saw that uh, a couple weeks last week, two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, Tell me about it. I enjoyed it. Because I caught the first 20, 30 minutes of it, and that was it. So I, I can't speak at length about it, but uh, was it good? Was it bad? I enjoyed Should it. Should I try to finish it? I enjoyed it. Um, it's just somewhat historical piece, you know, the, but, uh, you know, Christian Bale and uh, Matt Damon, I thought they were great in both their roles. I, I enjoyed both their characters in the movie. And uh, I don't think it was directed by uh, James Mangold, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James Mangold, director I really enjoy. Yeah. Actually, Copland, Girl Interrupted, obviously Logan and and the Wolverine. Yeah, uh, yeah he's a really good director. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, he was he was kind of the reason that that got me to to want to give it a go. Oh, with really? Bangle, yeah. Actually, yeah, because I don't I don't really I don't know shit about cars. I don't I'm not a car guy. I don't care about cars at all. I could care less. So it it was just plot wise, it wasn't a, a story that interested me. But I think Christian Bale and Matt Damon are both great actors, and you got a great director behind it. And you know what? That formula worked once before when you get Ron Howard and uh, and uh, and Thor and Baron Zemo, <laughs> Daniel Bruhl and uh, 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 Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, and they made that movie Rush. Yes. And they actually made me care about cars and racing and all that. I was like, well, if you do it right, you can even make a guy like me care about car racing. And here's the same formula: three, three, two actors and a director I enjoy. Let's see if they can pull it off again. And I, I, granted, I only saw the first 20, 30 minutes, but I. I turned it off actually. Hmm. Okay. I was not, I was not feeling it. Like uh, Christian Bale's character, we see him as a mechanic, mm-hmm. and then later the next scene we see him, he's racing. Like, wait, what? I thought he was a mechanic. Is he a racer too? And they're like, oh, he's a racer, but he's very difficult to handle. Right. He flies off the handle. But the first scene, when there's an irate customer, he's cool as a cucumber, drinking his coffee. Like, oh yeah, you got a problem with it? He's like so cool, can't be rattled. And then the next scene, he's like, ah, beating his own car with a wrench. I was like, well, which is it? <laughs> I didn't understand his character at all. Because <laughs> in the two scenes, they're both conflicting, both with his job mm. and with his personality type. They're both conflicting each other. And Matt Damon, I didn't even know what his deal was other than he's not physically fit to drive a car, to sit down and shift gears. Like, how hard is it to fucking do that, that you didn't pass the physical, so now he can't drive anymore? And like I said, I was like, uh, I was cooking food and I was co- I was watching it in my kitchen and I was done cooking and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just not feeling this movie. Maybe I'll finish it later, but this was literally last night. So, and it was a red box, so it's like I have to return it. If I had more time, maybe I'd give it another shot, but I was like, uh, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not a huge, I'm going to say I'm a huge car guy. I know s- some things about cars and, you know, I've always heard about, you know, Shelby and Shelby Cobra, Shelby Mustangs, all that stuff. Uh but I, you know, I didn't really. Oh, is that who he was? Yeah. <laughs> I, I only think of the, the only thing I know about Shelby Mustangs is Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> and I, so I know. I'm telling you, man, I'm not a car guy. So I know Shelby, quote unquote, Shelby Mustangs, the thing from Gone in sixty seconds. So is that who he was? Yes. Dude, I swear to God, John Bernthal, <laughs> yeah, another actor I really like, as he's Lee Iacocca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't. I was like, oh, is is that who Lee Iacocca was? He's a car guy. I've heard the name. I know he's a businessman of some sort. I did not know he was involved in cars. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I had this. 
I had the exact same reaction. It's like, I knew the name. I've always heard the name, Lee Iacocca, but I never knew what he did. Like, I've always heard the name. <laughs> I had no idea what he did. Yeah. So but I he was, was like, good. oh, okay. He was good in the role, though. I did like him playing the role. It was For... weird seeing him all dressed up and nice and clean cut and everything. Not all With a suit, not all bloody and bruised. <laughs> <laughs> you can't protect him, Rick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like Jar Martha almost everything I see him in, and, and yeah, he I saw up to the point where he like pitched a, uh, uh, he was like I guess Ford wanted to buy Ferrari, mm-hmm. so he goes to Italy. I didn't even know Ferrari was Italian, to be honest. And he pitches to Enzo Ferrari, and the only reason I know that name is because Vinny Chase played Enzo Ferrari <laughs> in a movie directed by Frank Darabont. In Entourage. It's not a real movie, but that's the, again everything I know I know from other movies. <laughs> Because I'm a nerd and I don't know shit about cars. So, like, I got like 20, 30 minutes into it. It didn't grab me and it was a time limit. Uh, if it was still available, I'd probably eventually finish it. It's sitting in my DVD player as we speak. But I got I to gotta turn it in tonight by 9 o'clock. Or Redbox will charge me another $1.75. Which they used to be a dollar. Now they're like $2. Yeah. Fuckers. Inflation, man. Mm. But you, th- you think it's a good movie? Do you liked it? I enjoyed Maybe it. Maybe I just need to get over the hump. I, I enjoyed it, but but I think uh, our our differences opinion I think is going to rely on the subject matter itself. Like I'm I'm not an expert on cars, but I enjoy uh, the, the the subject matter. I guess and I could watch movies about it and things like that. But uh, I'm I'm not a gearhead or anything like that, so I can't. Uh, yeah, but like I said, Rush. That's a well done movie, and it's a shame that nobody saw it. It's really and the ending, the last five minutes of the movie Rush are fucking perfection. You could find the ending on YouTube hmm. where James Hunt and Nikki Lauda, where he, where he runs into him at the at the airport at the hangar, and he tells him, "and Don't bring math into this, Nikki. It ruins what's beautiful about the sport and like that." And oh god, it's Rush is a really good movie, and it made me actually like get invested in car racing and cars and shit like that. So l- let me ask you this. Uh... We have uh, we have Ford versus Ferrari. You mentioned Rush. What about uh, Days of Thunder? The... I've never seen that from start to finish. I've only seen it in pieces. Okay. I've never seen. I think it's called Drive. Drive. Oh, Driven. 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 Yeah. There you go. Drive is Ryan Gosling. I'm sorry. Uh, I've never. No. I mean, what other? Even Ricky Bobby. Like even the racing part of it was boring to me. What about uh, <laughs> what about Cars? <laughs> Cars, Disney, Pixar, the little anime. Oh fuck! Oh, Cars can go fuck itself, dude. I did see the first Cars, and I, I was like, "Well, dude, finally!" It, oh, Pixar finally fucked up. It's nice to find a flaw. Uh, yeah, that, I think that was like the first official like bad Pixar movie was was Cars, and obviously I didn't see the second one. And uh, somewhat timely in this uh, for this week, uh, we just had the. Uh, the, the passing of, of Kenny Rogers. He passed away. Uh, what? Yeah, Kenny Rogers. He passed did away. He? Yeah, yesterday he passed away. Oh. Yeah. Yesterday? Oh, shit. Yeah. I did not hear about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, natural causes. Thing, you know, he's just... Anyway, but he was in a 1982 movie called Six Pack, and I, I enjoyed that movie. That's a that's a hidden gem. never heard of that. That's a hidden gem. I should have mentioned that on our old Hidden Gem episode, but... Uh, I've never heard of this movie. Yeah. Six Pack? Yeah. It's a car racing movie? Yeah. It's fun. Oh. If you watch it now, you probably... I don't know how well it holds up, but i it's one of those things that you just... If you grew up watching it, you just, it's its in you, I guess. 
Oh, well, R.I.P. to Kenny Rogers, man. For a taste of your whiskey. Uh, you got to know. There you go. <laughs> the game. That's actually, it's actually a, a fantastic song. Uh, pretty much the only one of his I know. But uh, that's a good song. Oh, shit. Anywho. So, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, uh, yay from Travis. Okay. <laughs> Here's another movie that we were discussing that we both actually... That I actually barely... You, you you said you want to talk about it. I barely saw it like two days ago. That is an animated movie. Yes. Uh, a DVD animated, straight to DVD movie called Superman Red Sun. Yes. S-S-O-N. Red Sun. Because, as we all know, Superman, by luck or fate... Or ch- call it fate, call it luck, <laughs> call it karma. I believe everything happens for a reason. And Superman <laughs> landed in Kansas to be found by Mom, Paul, yeah. Jonathan, and Martha. Why did you say that name? <laughs> Kent. And these are good people, salted the people who taught their son the value of being a good person. And they raised him to be a superhero. And he became Superman, the greatest iconic hero we ever know. Right. But with this, it, it was based on a comic book mm-hmm. by Jeff Johns. And what was he it Jeff Johns or uh, John Michael Straczynski? Mar- uh, no, it's Mark Millar. Was it him? I think it's Mark Millar. I'm pretty sure. I thought it was uh, Straczynski, but uh, I could be wrong on that. I think it's Mark Millar. But um, what this movie presupposes, or the book does, is, I don't know, maybe he, maybe the maybe his little spaceship was 12 hours later and it happened to land... When the Earth was in different rotation, and it landed in Soviet Russia, and he was raised sort of by the state, by Joseph Stalin himself, and to become the Superman of Russia. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's talk about revisionist stories, <laughs> like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is like the epitome of it. Yeah. Well, it's it's. I think it's a great book. Yeah, it is a good book, and you're right. It was uh, Mark Millar, so uh, yeah, I was wrong on that one, but. Uh, yeah, it's just fun. Anytime you uh, you can get away from the, the standard and move into like the what ifs uh, stories and the well else worlds from DC, but um, yeah, it's just inter- It's it's always a fun take to see like an alternate version of the characters that we know, and we get in this movie we get just about every staple Superman character. Uh, that you could pretty much think of. It's, it's in this movie just in their own certain way, right? It's, its own. It's, it's a fun toy box to play. It is. <laughs> it, it really is a fun toy box, yeah. Um, was there anything in particular that you liked about it or just other than the what-if storyline aspect? I like the casting of Amy Acker as Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, spot on. I thought she has a she has a good, like, a, a spunk, spunkiness to her voice, which is what Lois Lane has. Yeah. Dave Delaney was great casting. Um, other than that, I don't think they've really gotten the character right. Kate Bosworth or Amy Adams, none of them understand that spunk yeah. that that Lois Lane as a character has. I think I think Amy Adams did that pretty good. When I saw Dietrich Bader was cast, my first thought was like, "Oh, he's a villain," of, or "No, he's a." Well, that's the thing is they present Superman as the villain, so they cast Jason Isaacs as his voice, right. who is notoriously cast as bad guys. Right. Yeah. And then you know he he's he's a uh, Draco Malfoy's father. Luke, he's Lucius Malfoy for crying out loud. <laughs> and then you cast Diedrich Bader as Lex, mm-hmm. who's notoriously cast as good guys. He's the voice of the Batman, right. even. 
So it's like you even just character voice actor wise, you're setting Luther to be the hero and Superman as a villain, which is a very interesting take in and of itself. Yeah, and knowing knowing the, the history of those characters and seeing how they're portrayed in the movie itself, it's very it's 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 almost fascinating to see how one little thing in this case him being uh found on, in Russia or landed in Russia, that one thing just sparked this whole different universe and yeah and he has a childhood friend named Svetlana yeah <laughs> and I was like in the book she's called something different I forget what it is but I was like why'd you change it to Svetlana I mean it's a sexy name and all I was like oh Svetlana Lang <laughs> I get it <laughs> okay I'll give you that one there is a few changes and yeah. I'm not gonna go beat by beat what's different what's what's the same yeah but it's interesting, um, you, know, the, you know. We get we do we get things like Batman showing up, but it's not. We get a Batman. We get Wonder Woman. We get the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. We get Hal Jordan. We get a lot of things like that. And it, and there's a lot of Brainiac. Mm. There's a lot of voice by Paul Williams, voice of the Penguin from the original uh, Batman the Animated Series. Oh. He's the voice of Brainiac. Mm. Yeah, he's more of a singer than an actor. He only comes out for acting gigs every once in a while. He's Brainiac. Uh, it's fun. It's interesting. Uh, one thing I remember that was changed as I saw it and as I was watching it is he, as soon as he realized that Stalin has these concentration camps of, of Russians, of, of sympathizers, what have mm-hmm. you, and, and that's when he's like, I need to take control. I need to be the one running things, not just being a puppet of Stalin. And then he just kills Stalin. Right. I don't think that happens in the books. I remember there's like this plot in the book where, where Stalin has like a legitimate son who's heading the KGB or something like that, and not whatever. But it's funny that like Superman is raised by Stalin because Stalin literally translates to Man of Steel. Oh, it does the really? word? Oh. In, well, that's not his real name. That's not a birth name. His name was Zhugashvili, and he changed it to Stalin, which means Man of Steel. <laughs> oh wow, I didn't know that. Huh. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that from Daria. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's an interesting point that like he's working for a dude who in real life called himself the man of steel. Hmm. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good adaptation. It, it changed things here and there. Um, but none of it bothered me. None of hmm. it, except maybe the ending ending because the book ending is so fucking good. Do you remember how the book ends? Um, I'm uh, vaguely. I'm trying. It's been years since I've actually read it. Um, yeah, it's I'm it 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 basically Luther and Superman spend decades as adversaries. Luther becomes president and everything like that mm-hmm. just to defeat communist Russia. Superman Russia basically takes over almost the whole world, with America being the only holdout against it and our economy is suffering and and we're we're going to shit while the whole world prospers quote unquote under superman's iron fist america is the only holdout and we start to suck and then luther becomes president and slowly but surely he pulls america by his bootstraps into a better age and he improves america and then when he and superman defeat brainiac and all that kind of shit he steps down he retires he's like i did what i I only became president so i can defeat superman i'm done so vice president jimmy olsen is going to take over for me Oh, but the book ends with like it's like a time travel thing and it jumps to like a billion years in the future where like all the descendants of Lex Luthor send Superman back in time like basically they're related 
and they're from the same bloodline and they're in like a, a, a what do you call it? A paradox loop. Hmm, okay. I don't, Luther's okay. Dis- I don't remember this. That's how the book ends. I, I, I wish I remembered the details better, but I was like, I remember reading it. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like that's awesome. That in a billion years, humanity, the earth, our sun becomes a red sun and we've evolved and we're like now the new Kryptonians and our plant, our star, the sun is about to destroy it. And we send our thing, our last surviving sun back basically in time. And it, that's is Superman. Hmm. Like Superman is like the great, 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 great grandson of Lex Luthor. <laughs> and that's how the book ends. And I was like, whoa. And the movie <laughs> didn't touch on that at all. Basically, they just say Superman survived an explosion of six fucking black holes. And now he decides to wear glasses and go in the audience. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's that's no comic book ending, which is epic. <laughs> so, but beyond that, it's a fun. Yeah, it's, it's better than it's better than Wonder Woman Bloodlines. I'll give oh, that. God, yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know what this this one and uh, uh, the the last Batman one that came out the uh, Ga- uh, Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one, but the, those two are I liked it. Those two are good Elseworlds movies. Like if you had to pick like alternate realities of Batman and Superman, I would go with those two because the Gotham by Gaslight is pretty cool. I I did like Gotham by Gaslight. Um, did you see the Batman Joker's Samurai Ninja movie? I watched it. <laughs> I have it downloaded. I've never seen it because I, I just don't want to. Just, I don't know why. I'm not excited about. So it. anime, <laughs> like it's so yeah. Japanese. It's like, uh... yeah, it wasn't. I get it. I get what they were doing, but I just I wasn't invested in it. I just watched it just to watch it because it was a Batman movie. But ugh. was it like that? Uh, it's it. It was the very first DC animated movie universe. It was Batman. It was a DVD, but it had like seven Batman stories told in different mediums. Do you remember that one? It was. It was like the first DC animated universe movie. It was a Batman movie with like seven stories told. Some of them. One was like anime. One was. You're not talking it, about. It sort of like, you're not talking about Gotham Knights, are you? Is that what it's called? I think it's what it's called. It came out around the. I t- own it. It came out around the. It came t- out in the mid two thousands. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought it came out. Or if there's one, what I'm thinking of, it's the uh, the one that came out around the Batman Begins era. Um, it was the second one that which came was out, two, after, which was two thousand six. It, it and, came out after so. the Superman Doomsday. It was Superman Doomsday, and then the Batman one that you're thinking of. Then maybe it was one of the first ones yeah. out the gate. Yeah. Uh, and so it was like Batman in different mediums. And some of the mediums I like, sort of like Matrix, the, the, sort of like the Animatrix. Yeah. It, but Batman. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I'm just talking about, yeah. Yeah. And like some of the Animatrix I love, some of them are like, eh. And the same thing I feel about that. Some of those Batman stories I like, some of them are eh. Yeah. I think this Batman Ninja Samurai movie, whatever, I think it might fall under the eh. The medium just wasn't speaking to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. I- now we're talking about. 15-year-old Batman movies. <laughs> you got to say Okay, okay. Hold on. I got something I want to talk about. Okay. I don't think you've seen it. I watched it, so, half of it last night, half of it this morning. <laughs> it was. I had a red box, and it was like, uh, you rent one, get one. So I rented Ford versus Ferrari, and I got a freebie. Okay. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to fucking check this movie out, because nobody else did. It bombed at the box office. It made like $8 million its opening weekend. It was a big bomb. 
But the thing is, I haven't seen a lot of reviews about it. All the regular reviews I read, YouTubers want to have you, none of them talk about it. But I hadn't heard anything bad, all, only that it bombed. So I was like, I'm going to watch it. So I rented Charlie's Angels. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay, go ahead. I was like, if nothing else, I'll have some pretty faces to look at. And I was morbidly curious. Okay. Like, is it as bad as everybody says? Because nobody's saying anything bad about it because nobody saw it. There was not so it much. It came and like, went. It, like it just it, it was it was hyped up for a little bit and then the movie hit and then I never heard about it again. Yeah, I didn't like I said I didn't read bad reviews. I just didn't read any reviews because nobody saw it. Yeah. Ironically, uh, it came out the uh, uh, Ford versus Ferrari, and that's sort of what took the box office. And that's people. Apologists will say, "Oh, it's because Ford versus Ferrari was the big juggernaut that weekend, and that's what killed it." Yeah, Elizabeth Banks, who actually stars and wrote and directed this movie, and I like Elizabeth Banks. She, even before the movie came out, she kind of went on record and said, "Quote unquote," but not word for word. If this movie fails, it just proves that that the public doesn't like female-led action movies, mm-hmm. which is kind of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman made like what eight hundred million or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters, they tried the same line. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, just, it's, it's it's they don't like women. <laughs> it's these pesky guys. They just hate women. They don't want to support women. Yeah, that's what it came. That's um, what. It, yeah, I know what you're talking. About. I heard that. I, I saw the same quotes that she was doing there. So you haven't seen Charlie's Angels? No, I haven't. Because I'm a guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you would not like it. Yeah. Because it, well. Because this movie does not like guys. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not even just that they're... They clearly have an agenda. Okay. And and, and and it's about empowering women. The scene opens... in this, The movie opens with a scene where Kristen Stewart has like a big blonde wig and a slutty dress. And she's acting all like, ha ha ha, I'm just a stupid girl. Having dinner with a guy. She's acting? Basically saying... Well, she's trying to. Oh, okay. I'll get to her in a second. Okay. But she's, she's undercover. I'm undercover. So she's undercover, and she's basically acting like a ditzy female to infiltrate some dude. So she's having dinner with him, and and the guy's like, you know, you're a woman. You should know your place as a woman. And it's just so on the nose. And then she starts to kick his ass, and and other angels bust in, and they kick all the men's ass, and she pulls off her wig. And we get the Kristen Stewart with the short, bleached hair that we've been getting lately. And uh, it's, it's very, I mean... I love, I'm a feminist, I love women empowerment. Buffy the Vampire Player is my favorite television show of all time. I just quoted how much I love Daria not a few minutes ago. I, I, I have no problem with that. Right. But they're just so heavy-handed with how women can do anything and be anything. And uh, You know, we saved the, we saved the, team, the world so much, maybe you should call us X of women. If that line got turned into a movie, is <laughs> sort of what this is. And the thing is, this movie tries to build up women by tearing down men. Mm. Every man in this movie is not only a villain, but a douchebag. And I mean, like, even nameless guards who have zero lines find a way to become a douchebag. There's a scene where one of the angels, like, busts down from the ceiling. And there's just this guard standing there. And he looks at the angel. And he, he turns and he looks at the wall. And there's, like, a Maxim poster of, like, a slutty woman. And, then, and it, it kind of resembles... The Charlie Angel who just jumped mm. down, and then he looks back at the Charlie's Angel, and the Charlie's Angel just goes, "You wish!" Boom, and knocks him out. 
This is a nameless character with zero lines, but they still find a way to make him look like a chauvinist pig because he just associates women as, as bikini models and shit like that. And that's that little one little moment kind of sums up what this movie is and its, its whole MO. Gotcha. All the villains are men. And and, it really, and I was surprised to learn, though, you, uh, this is technically a part three in the franchise. It acknowledges that the old Charlie's Angels existed. Ugh. And or this is the same universe. Yeah, Gross. Because I, I don't know if this was explained in the other two movies, but Bosley is a rank in the Charlie's Angels agency. What? Any anybody could be a well. In the first movie, in the first the two thousand ish Charlie's Angels movie, it was Bill Murray, right? Mm-hmm. I think I saw that movie, but it was under duress, like at someone's house or maybe on a plane. And I never saw Charlie's Angel Full Throttle, but it was Bernie Mac right. who was Bosley in that movie. So Bosley is not a character; it's like a rank it's like a handler and this movie basically says like it opens with like where, where Chris Stewart's doing a thing and then Patrick Stewart walks in because he's Bosley and then he retires and then it's like that scene in Avengers where, where, where Samuel L. Jackson is talking to all these heads of state on monitors turns out there's Bosleys all over the world oh. and, 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 and Jamin Hansu is a Bosley Elizabeth Banks is a Bosley and everything like that and Patrick Stewart retires, and they're like, I put together this little reel of pictures to show your history. And they show, like, a really young Patrick Stewart with hair. And then they show, like, a younger Patrick Stewart arm-in-arm with Lucy Liu and Cameron Diaz in some of the worst fucking Photoshop I've ever <laughs> seen. So they're saying that the Charlie's Angels, the Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, did, was a thing, and it did exist. So this is technically a sequel, not a reboot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't bad. have a whole lot of love for the franchise anyways, <laughs> but this is, ugh, I, I guess. Yeah. I was just really curious. And and to answer your question, two, the other two angels are pretty much nobodies. Ella Belinska, I don't know. She's 5'10", and she's lovely, but there's not much to her. Naomi Scott, who recently played Princess Jasmine, mm-hmm. who I think is adorable. And I've had to thank for her ever since Terra Nova. Remember that shitty show? Oh, yeah. Remember that. Yeah, she was in that. She's lovely. And she's, she's actually not that bad. And then... But they're both kind of nobodies. I think the star power was really put on Kristen Stewart's shoulder, who tries to be funny. It's like she's trying to be Ryan Reynolds. She just she's always the one with the quippy line and the funny observation, things like that. But the thing is, she's not an inherently funny person, and she doesn't have the timing. And it it she's kind of an awkward actress. She's kind of an awkward person. If you, it's Kristen Stewart, right. yeah. And trying to be this life of the party, always saying something funny. It's it's not within her bailiwick to do, and I don't think it works. Uh, I think she was a little miscast. You know, she she's tried to after Twilight, she tried to become an indie darling and prove that she's a serious actor, and she's pretty much succeeded at that, and people like her. And this is her first foray back into mainstream Hollywood big budget special effects movies, and it didn't work. So I hope she, I hope she goes back to doing the indie shit because she's she, she's good there. So do you think okay? So, uh, her performance because you're saying you think it worked with her being an indie, indie darling, but then going back into doing a blockbuster movie that bombed. Do you think it just bombed just in general, or do you think it's because of the nobody was ready, nobody was asking for a Charlie's Angels movie, nobody wanted to see Kristen Stewart, nobody cared about what's going. on? Do you think all that just factored into this movie, just shitting the bed? I think it's both. Yeah. 
I think it's. I think yeah, you're right. No, no, it, we weren't clamoring yeah. for Charlie's Angels to come back. Mm. I think. I think. Uh, God, this is, this is what's hard as a male to talk about it. Because if, if, if I say anything negative, it's oh, it's because you're a male and you're hating women. I don't think it was clamoring for this. I think in the in this Me Too era of women empowerment, you know, Wonder Woman is. Let's get a woman director to direct Wonder Woman. Let's get a woman director to to direct uh, uh, Captain Marvel, and let's prove that women can be strong. We're not going to sit and tolerate it. We just talked about Harvey Weinstein finally getting convicted, shit like that. This was a good time for this movie to come out, but it should have just been a movie on its own. It didn't need to be so heavy handed with the feminist agenda because it, it it's almost doing a disservice to women when they did it so heavy handedly, <laughs> like just put some good women on screen yeah, and we'll like them, but don't, te- don't at the same time, only make them strong because they're stepping on men. And there's other examples of the, you know, there's a scene where where they're trying to get where Naomi Scott's going to work, and the security guard is like, "Oh, I have to frisk you," kind of a thing before he lets her in, and he dies, you know. But it's okay that he dies later because we establish he's a creep and an asshole. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's because we establish he's a man, <laughs> and that's what this is. And there's like this t- spoiler alert. There's a twist where where we're starting to think Elizabeth Banks might be a traitor. And Patrick Stewart, who's now retired, sniffs her out. But it turns out, ha, ha, Patrick Stewart's the villain in the movie. But it's like, of course he is because he's a man. (laughs) You know? And, of course, the guy who owns the company who's creating the MacGuffin of the movie, which is these stupid devices that I won't even bore you with, is also a man. And the scientist guy who's the... the uh, the boss who's marketing this thing that's not ready to go public that's that could take over the world is a guy snapbacks all the bad guys are all the bad guys are guys you know it's i i can see had any had had the public watched this there would have been a lot more hate for it Mm. i think the best thing this movie could have done was the fact that nobody saw it (laughs) because because now it'll just go down in history as being forgotten had people actually seen it it would go down history as being like a big uh, slap in the face of feminism because it over it overplayed their hand, I think. Yeah, and I think that's what uh, – uh, I remember hearing that line that, that she was basically giving herself an out before the movie came out with Elizabeth Banks. She was, I remember she was saying that, yeah. if, if, well, if it doesn't do any good, it's because, you know, the men out there just isn't ready to see a female-led movie or some, whatever the fuck she said. I was like, you know what? If you're already making an excuse before this movie comes out, I, I don't <laughs> even care. I, I don't want to be the bad guy here, <clears throat> but uh, I'll just, uh, I'll sit this one the out. Bad, the bad man. Yeah, I'll sit this one out. No. By man, no, the, I mean person with a penis. The, uh, the bad white man, to be exact. Ooh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Because you got Kristen Stewart. And uh, I got red hair. Not in, supposed to. In Hollywood, blood. I'd be a dead man. Oh, Jeez, I'm, I'm done in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, you got Elizabeth Banks, Elizabeth Banks, you know, blonde hair. You got Kristen Stewart. Nazi Post Boy, blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, <laughs> Actually, she has very beautiful green eyes, and you got Elsa Polinska, who's she's British, but I think she's black or maybe at least muted a little bit. And they got Naomi Scott, who's half Indian. So uh, the white, the racist agenda. I don't, I don't think this movie has anything to do with race. Yeah, because two thirds of the angels are ethnic, and so. I, I think they skirted that issue. It became purely a gender issue yeah. with this movie. 
the assassin, the main assassin guy is a guy. All the villains in the movie are guys. The only good guys in the movie either die or are very subservient to the women. Let me do anything I can to help you out, my precious woman. There's literally a character who's like, he's like, there's like a safe house and it's manned by a guy. He's like, they show up and he's all like, I prepared this feast for you. Let me give you a massage. Do you need to talk? I'm a licensed psychotherapist. He's just like the most subservient male you can imagine. So basically he's a fictional male. (laughs) This character would not exist in real life. But in this movie... Because he's the only good male in the movie, it's 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 just so heavy handed. Yeah. yeah, and like I said, Krista Stewart can handle the quippiness. The sat the, the the she's trying to be Ryan Reynolds. She's she's failing. The action is kind of boring. It's it, you know Elizabeth Banks is a director, sure, but an action director to make action scenes compelling takes a unique certain talent. Right. And I don't think she's there yet, so the action scenes are a little boring. Uh, she's like she's literally like the opposite of John Woo, who, who knows action but doesn't know how to make like character. <laughs> so you got that. Uh, basically, yeah, I think it's as bad as people assumed it was going to be, okay. and that's my take. Let me, let me ask you this: um, I haven't seen th- this movie yet, but Birds of Prey. Um, I, you, I don't need you to go like we're not going to go into it or anything, but would you would you consider Birds of Prey in the same vein of? feminism uh evil man uh tone or is it because uh, i've heard similar things about birds of prey that it's a feminist uh flick well i'm glad you're talking about birds of prey now we can delve into it <laughs> so birds of prey uh no to answer your question a little bit yeah okay the men are all the bad all the bad guys at the bin and they underestimate the women mm. and they demean the women they cheapen them and it's all about female prey. It is, uh, I guess, because like Birds of Prey, I guess because all the f- characters were already established comic book wise, mm-hmm. so it was a little easier to accept it. It just it's like they threw too much of it at once. Yeah, like yes, Harley Quinn is a strong female character. Huntress is a strong female character. Black Canary is a strong Renee Montoya. All the can- but then when you throw them all in at once, I think it's a bit too much. Uh, and uh, Hugh McGregor is the villain. He's okay. He doesn't really do anything. He he just I'm a bad guy. That's about it. His American accent is getting a little better. I'll give him that. Hmm. I'm not a, okay. Suicide Squad. Did you like Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn? Uh, I like looking at her, but uh, I mean she was fine. Like as a character, without. If if I take out the history of the character of what I know, yeah, she was fine. Oh, so really? It was it was the history of the character was the only thing that made me enjoy her was because I knew the history. I pulled everything I liked about Harley Quinn. And well, I, okay, that's that's probably what I'm. Uh, that's that's probably the mindset I'm having. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to take away like I guess appearances and things like that. Uh, yeah, I guess they did capture the the essence of Harley Quinn. I guess. But I guess I, I don't think I don't think she translated good uh, or well to the big to the to the live screen because every iteration of Harley Quinn has been animated. So you've got either Arlene Sorkin or Tara Strong doing an animated voice, a rendition, and Marco Robbie tried to do the same thing. But when you hear it in live action, a human being speaking like this, Mister J, it's a little silly, you know. 
A little bit. I think she works better as an animated character because that's how she's only ever existed yeah. in comics. So to see her live action trying to, to, to bring it up to a 10 level of, of talking like this, it's a, <laughs> it's a little annoying, to be honest. <laughs> and she has, it's basically the same in Birds of Prey, right? Her perform like the way she portrays yeah. Harley Quinn? Okay. Yeah. Like, does she get up in the morning and put on ridiculous outfits? Uh, and I mean ridiculous outfits. Not as uh, skimpy and sexy. Yeah. Because this was produced by women, this is directed by women, so so she's a bit more modest than than the little Daisy Dukes and shit that she was wearing in Suicide Squad. It's sort of like how Sally Jenkins, Wonder Woman, the Amazons look like, you know, cool. And then when Zack Snyder has uh, Justice League, the Amazons are basically like in bikinis and shit. <laughs> because a man's directing it, so the man's going to make the Amazons look all skimpy. A man directed Suicide Squad, David Ayer, so he makes her look all skippy. But in this movie, it's a woman directing it, so Harley Quinn wears, like, overalls and shit. Yeah. You know, uh, the uh, the day after Birds of Prey came out, there's pictures of her. She was already on set of Suicide Squad 2 as Harley Quinn. <laughs> so, so it was like she's constantly... She hasn't stopped playing the damn role yet. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress, I think was great. I think it was great casting. She's barely in the movie though, which is a shame because she's probably the most interesting character of, she, she's basically got like a Bruce Wayne back. She's basically fucking Batman. She saw her whole family get gunned down as a child and she spent all of her adolescence and her youth training to become a badass. She's kind of like a female Batman and they barely touch on her. So they're doing their as, own, as Helena, like their own version of Huntress, I guess. No, Helena, Helena um, Bertolini or something like that. She's a mobster's daughter. Yeah. And her mobster father and family, like, they all got gunned down. And she witnessed it. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. I was thinking of something else. So, yeah. So, so she's kind of like a Bruce Wayne character in that in her arc. Yeah. Whereas she's out to get vengeance against them. She knows who the people who killed her were. Like, if Bruce Wayne knew who Joe Chill was, he would have killed him. But he just decides to wreak vengeance on crime, like, in general. She's super interesting. She's barely in it. Black Canary is Black Canary in name only. There's nothing about her character that that resembles her comic. And she, it's like literally in the last 10 minutes of the movie, she uses her canary cry. And if you didn't know who she was in the comic, you'd be like, what the fuck? This chick can just scream and do the what? Like, they came out of nowhere. It's just assuming you know who she is. She doesn't wear the leather jacket. She doesn't wear the fishnet tights, which is, to me, come on, that makes Black Canary. <laughs> Does she do that in, in the Arrow show? She's in the show, yeah, right? Is yeah, yeah, Katie yeah, Cassidy yeah. play her? Um, I, th- I want to say at some point we saw her in fishnets, but it's more of like a, nah, it's more black leather shit. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it was like black leather stuff, yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry, Rosie Perez, she's a little too old to be Montoya. I was never a fan of Rosie Perez. I've never been a fan of her either. I like the character of Renee Montoya. Yeah, but me too. You know, I hate to say it, get Jennifer Lopez. I can almost believe her as a, she's old enough that, you know, Rose Perez is like 60. <laughs> I don't believe her as a beat cop who can still kick ass, who kicks Harley Quinn's ass. She would be around that age now, wouldn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's old. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, uh, when, I remember, like, I heard... you know what? Is Issa Gonzalez. Yeah. From uh, Dessalon yeah. and Baby Dragon. Oh, gosh, she would have been the perfect Montoya. 
I saw her. I, I I've been I've actually been binging Batman the Animated Series for a few months now. Uh, every once in a while, I put one on, and 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 I saw like the episode uh, Harley and Ivy, mm-hmm. and uh, as they're escaping, and Renee Montoya tries to chase them, and she crashes, and she's like, "Get mala suerte." I'm like, they gave Renee Montoya a line because this episode of Batman the Animated Series is about women and about female empowerment. Right. So of course they'll get chased by a female cop, and she'll actually get a line and. <laughs> it's it's crazy because that's like an early version of what we're talking about with Charlie's Angels and Harley Quinn and that episode of Batman. It's like let's just focus on the women. Yeah. Batman's barely in this. Hmm. Well, I thought when I heard when I heard the name Rosie Perez in the movie, I was like, what the fuck? I thought that was a weird casting choice, just in general, because where's she been at for? This? Is she still working? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't heard of her in like a decade. <laughs> like White Man Can't Jump was like the last thing I heard, of <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah, she's she doesn't really bring much and. I don't buy her. And, and there's this kid. The whole movie, the, the MacGuffin of this movie is like this little kid. I guess we are, di- I guess we are deep diving in this movie. Okay. <laughs> Cassandra Kane, Does that name me anything? Yeah, you? she's a character. Like yeah. in the comics. Yeah. Well, she sucks. They cast the most annoying little kid to play her. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like Deadpool 2. Oh, let's give this R-rated character who's a badass a kid sidekick. Because yeah. that works so well. I don't know. I I, I didn't care for that in Deadpool 2. The kid, did he annoy you? The kid, the addition to a kid. No, it's fine for what it was. It's well, this kid, I didn't care for that then. I didn't care for this then. I don't care for kids. I don't like kids. I didn't even like kids when I were a kid, when I was a kid. <laughs> Except you. Oh, so <laughs> so so adding a kid to the mix does does what for the plot? I don't know. And they keep talking. To, they talk about the Joker. They say the words the Joker so much in this movie. Is he in it? And it's no. Mm. <laughs> He's a presence in the movie because there's this. Okay, the movie starts off. She's broken up. It, it's almost in the in the Star Wars text crawl. She's broken up with the Joker since then, so he's not around. Yeah. But she doesn't tell anybody that she's broken up with the Joker because. Nobody, nobody's gonna fuck with Harley Quinn because she's Joker's bait. Yeah, and then she does this thing that basically announces to the whole city of Gotham, "Me and the Joker are quits," and now it's open season on Harley Quinn because she's stepped on a lot of toes mm. in her time. So the whole movie, like randomly, people just show up like Harley Quinn, I'm here to kill you, because you know now there's there's it's open season on you. So that's kind of. That's like a lot of the action. Like, let's just have a random action scene here, hmm. because the guy just shows up and says, "I'm going to kill you." Hmm. It's it's. I didn't love it. I mean, I don't love most DC movies. I don't like the tone they've been doing. So, but this is a little heavy handed too. Does it follow the the, whole... the style of Suicide Squad at all, or is it just its own thing? You thought Suicide Squad has style? Wow! <laughs> it didn't have a lot of stuff. I'll uh, say it at least had style. Well, it tried to have style, but you know what I'm talking about. I think the trailer made you think it had. Yeah, style. so you know what I'm saying. Like, the, <laughs> did it have any of that in this, or is it its own thing? No, that? not really. There was nothing. I wasn't grooving on nothing okay. about this. Mm. Okay, that's fair. I'll see it eventually at some point. I'm sure. But yeah, and I'd love to hear. I love. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Anyways. We're uh, we're approaching the end. Is there any? Uh, I like you said you saw Jumanji too. Oh yeah. I don't imagine I'm going to see Jumanji two anytime soon, but I'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, 
some of it was what I thought it was going to be whenever I first saw the trailers for it, which was just re rehashing some of the same jokes from the first one. And the whole gag this time was uh, <laughs> the whole gag was Kevin Hart and the rock. Their, their characters that are playing them in the, in the video game is Danny DeVito. And um, okay. um, who's Danny, who's Danny Glover and who's Danny, DeVito? Danny Glover is Kevin Hart. Danny DeVito is the rock. And who is, uh, who is Karen Gillan? Is she still the same chick? Um, not at first. They switched it around a couple times in the movie, so forgive me. It's, Who's Jack Black? Uh, Jack Black this time is the the jock, black the black dude, Jack. Okay, yeah. the fridge or yeah. whatever he is. But anyway, my the what I thought was gonna happen kind of happened a little bit, which was the joke of the Rock and Kevin Hart acting like Devito and um um. Fuck the other guy. I just said his name. Glover. Glover. God damn it. Um, them acting like this. Roger Murtaugh, man. I know. <laughs> them acting like them. Riggs. It was Riggs. It was gonna get old after a while, and it kind of did. Did it get yeah. old? Okay. Um, but but they but everything else around it, they kind of s- switched up some things, and they had uh, there's some nice moments in the movie and some funny moments in the movie. Um, there's a kind of a nice. Uh, heartwarming moment towards the end with uh, their characters, Danny Glover and uh, Danny DeVito's characters in the game. So I don't know. I don't want to okay, get into who, it. Though. Who are Danny Glover and Danny DeVito in the story? So are they like the grandfathers of the so characters? Dan, yeah. Or? You remember the main guy that played, that was the rock in the first movie, right? The main kid. Moly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Moly, Moly, Moly. Sorry. <laughs> that's, a, that's the actor's name. Okay, so he's his grandfather, he's his grandfather. and uh, Danny Glover and it is is like the grandfather of the. Yeah, you think so, right? You would think so. No, what it is is, <gasps> yeah, Danny DeVito. I don't know. You're nodding like I should know. No, you're like, oh, he's his gay lover. Yeah. Damn it! You saw it, right? Wait, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> No. Oh God! I was like, "What? Well, really? That's really wait, progressive." Wait. I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> no. Uh, Who is Danny Glover this week? <laughs> uh, him and Danny DeVito were uh, business partners. They owned a restaurant, and they had like a falling. And were gay lovers. Yeah, that too. They wanted. They had a falling out. Wait, wait. Yeah. Be okay. Hundred percent serious. Are they gay lovers no, in this movie? Not. No. Oh God! What do you keep saying? Like yes. <laughs> Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. Oh, they're both named Danny. Ooh. Oh, Danny. Oh, yeah, Danny. Oh, Danny. Oh, Danny. Now you're picturing it. <laughs> so you saw it. No, just kidding. <laughs> I was... Quit doing that! <laughs> no, but... Uh, I, I can't tell if you're joking. No, it, I mean, it was fine. It was it was continuing the, I guess, the hijinks of what we saw in the first movie. And uh, it was it was fun. I didn't mind it. I did not like it. Um, so I would... Rec- if you like the first one... <laughs> That's high praise. <laughs> if you like the first one, you'll like this one, too. And I think they set it up for a third movie. Do you care about spoilers or anything? Or no? Okay. Go ahead. Did you watch the original movie in the in the nineties? I okay. did. So you know, in that wait, no, wait, wait, wait. In the oh no, I the original movie yeah. in the nineties, Robert Williams. No, I never. Oh seen really? It. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I saw I saw the last Jumanji movie. With okay. Rock. So, like, the difference between these movies and that original movie was 
in the in the 90s the jumanji world came into the real world right and that's why you saw the giant beast you know rumor like rhinoceroses and shit running through the streets i remember that from the trailer kind of teasing that at the end like the next movie's gonna it's gonna take place in the real world not inside the video game oh okay yeah no i've actually never seen robin williams's jumanji really wow it's kind of surprising (laughs) yeah just no never never i saw zathura I never saw that one. Because <laughs> it had a, uh, like, a teenage Kristen Stewart who I thought was really hot at the time. That's kind of, I won't, okay, Kristen Stewart is a boring actress and she's an awkward person. I won't begrudge her that she's kind of a smoke show. She's, she's really pretty. Yeah, I'll give her, yeah, yeah, she's pretty. Yeah, I'll give you that. But fuck, man. She's the <laughs> <laughs> most awkward person I've ever seen do interviews or act or anything. Yeah, you know, it's it's just, um, yeah. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm doing a great Christmas tour, but most of it involves tucking my does hair she, Now me. that she shaved her head, does she still do, the, does she still do the, the hair thing, even though she doesn't have any hair? I do not know, <laughs> but uh, did, did, did that movie that she shaved her head for, where she's like, an, it's like the abyss Yeah, or it's like underwater or, or some six, shit. Did that come out I already? I fucking know. We can look it up. I don't know. Did I knew, I knew she shaved her head for this movie where she plays like an underwater person. Underwater person, she's she's like the abyss or something. Underwater oil rig or something like that. I forget what it's called. It's probably called underwater. Or it's called underwater. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh my god. Maybe okay. Subconsciously, I must have known that because I really just meant it as a joke. Jesus Christ. Under that's the name of the movie. Came out January tenth. Oh, it must have came and went. Was that was that with the early coronavirus? I don't know, but yeah. yeah wow. It- I saw like two commercials for it, and that was it. Like I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, I, the marketing <laughs> dropped the ball on that one because I remember hearing about it was gonna come out because she shaved her head and where did it go? I don't know. Anyways. Christian Stewart, Vince, Vincent Castle, T.J. Miller, Jessica Henwick, John Gallagher Jr. So I like him. Know. He's in the newsroom. He was in the, that movie the, the, where the office blows up heads. Um, Vincent Cassell, uh, he's French. He's he's a bad guy in Ocean's Twelve. He's a good actor. He's married to Monica Bellucci, so tip my hat to that man. Right? Yeah. Fucking nailed the whale. Uh, <laughs> who else is it? T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. Oh, he's on the shit list of everybody right now. Um, Jessica Henwick. He, he got me too. Jessica Henwick. She's uh from Kung. She's from uh Iron Kung Fist. Fu Iron Fist. Yeah, that. Yeah. She's she's beautiful. Yeah, I thought she was a star of that show actually. She's great. She's great yeah. in, in Iron yeah. Fist. Yeah. yeah, she's in uh, Game of Thrones. Is she? They fucking wa- well, they wasted her character. She's one yeah. of the sand sand snakes. Oberyn's Oberyn uh, uh, Martell's daughters, the three daughters okay. who are trying to get. Yeah, she's one of them. You're oh. a greedy bitch. You know that? Oh, okay. Um, I know you're talking. Okay. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, she's beautiful. But yeah, underwater. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got one more thing I want to talk about. I don't think you've okay. you haven't seen it, but I have. Um, have you seen like this wave? It's been over a decade, more than that, even of of like Garfield, Scooby Doo, and Marmaduke and Smurfs, where there's like this family friendly movie where there's like a CGI lovable mm-hmm. character in it. Right. I haven't seen almost any of those. Yeah. I see pieces of Scooby Doo's because I love Linda Carlini and Sir Michelle Gellar. I haven't seen Garfield. I haven't seen Smurfs. Anything, but Sonic the Hedgehog came out, and I okay. had no plans to see this. Yeah, 
But it, it, it sort of came across my plate. It was there. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just watch the opening just to see how they try to... Exp- how do they explain what Sonic the Hedgehog is? You know, Super mm. Mario Brothers notoriously fucked that up back in the right. early 90s. Uh, let me see what their take on it is. So I watched it, and I saw their take, and I was like, that's fine. But this character is kind of fun. <laughs> he's he's voiced by Ben Schwartz, an actor a lot, not a lot of people know. Most most people might know him as John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation. And he also voices one of the three Huey, Dewey, and Louis on the DuckTales remake. But he's hilarious on Parks and Recreation. I mean, fucking hilarious. And he... James Martin plays like he, he's starring as the human in the movie, and then you got Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik. I thought this movie was surprisingly fun and enjoyable. Actually, really fun and really enjoyable. Hmm. Jim Carrey is like, oh my god, this is old school Jim Carrey. This is this is him digging deep and pulling the, the talents that made us that made the world love him. Back in the day, I got the sense he's, of that from the trailers I saw. I was like, "Oh, he's, he's doing a lot funny. of his stuff. Yeah. He's good." Like, I, 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 there's lines that he says in this movie that I'm gonna pull and I'm gonna say in my everyday life. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh no! You just stay here. You just sit here and you be you, Sliss. <laughs> like, I got to say that to people. He's funny. He's got the ridiculous mustache and. He's just so over the top. Let, let, let me ask you this. Are, are you, as far as the video game, did you ever play Sonic? Like, do you know, like, I know you, you had, you're a Sega guy, right? So obviously I would imagine that you played it at least once. One of the games, right? Help me out here. <laughs> I have uh, a couple of years ago, I, I was, I got a little drunk and I was like, I want to play Sonic. So I went online and I bought like from target.com, one of them little bitty, I guess, simulators. Right. Yeah. It was a, of a Sega Genesis that had all the Sonics on it. That was the only reason I bought it. Cause it had the Sonics on it, even though I still, still own, and I still do own, they're in my closet right now. All the Sonic games. There you go. That you could okay. put in there. Yeah. Dude, I have a stuffed toy of Sonic that I keep on my shelf. That I was given to me as a gift. It's I, it, I was into Sonic so much as a kid that like my uncle bought it for me. I was like, hey, you like Sonic a lot. I'm like 11. I'm like, cool. And I've, I've held on to that thing for like almost 30 years now. I didn't know that. Hmm. Dude, I love fucking Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, yeah. So the franchise was a little precious to me. Not a lot okay. because I'm not a video game guy. You know, I haven't played a video game since I was a teenager. Right. But... In my youth, when I was heavy into video games, Sonic was was my was my go to. He was my boy. Yeah. So I felt a little precious about it, and and I, I I really respected the studio that when the initial trailer came out and the design, like nobody liked it, and there right. was this big outcry of like, no, that looks terrible. The studio's like, okay, then you know what? We'll change it. Yeah. We heard your feedback, and we're gonna change it. And I was like, that's. That's kind of cool that the studio did that. They spent their own money to accommodate the fans. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I I thought it was important to support Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I did remember that. And I was going to ask you if you knew about all that, about the the behind-the-scenes shit where they just totally revamped the the whole uh, design of the character. Did So the, the new design, it worked for you in the movie? It like looked it, really good. Except okay. I was like, why are his sneakers like white? 
And then there's a whole scene like halfway through where he's presented with the red sneakers, and I was like, yes, like that's <laughs> fucking Sonic. He looks like Sonic, and he's he's funny, and he's energetic because he's a fucking fast guy. He's like, he's what Quicksilver should have been in the X Men. Mm. That's how Quicksilver should be. Should be he should be like random with quick jokes because he's fast and he's his mind works faster than anybody. Yeah. And they, okay. and they, and they 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 basically rip off X Men. Like there's a whole scene where Sonic is in a bar and like something happens, a punch is about to get thrown, and Sonic runs over the whole bar. And he does that scene from X Men where they're breaking Magneto out, and he's like oh, you know yeah. angling. He he moves people's arms and he moves this and he he moves a bullet. You know, except Sonic is like pulling. He's like giving a wedgie, like he's pulling his underwear out. He's doing all this fun shit, and <laughs> it's the same scene. But it's still it's still cool and it's still fun. Uh, James Martin, who's I mean, come on, this this guy's just he's just so likable on yeah. screen. You know, it's it's not even about him, but you need a guy who's likable for movies like these. That's right. why they got like Neil Patrick Harris in uh, Smurfs and shit like that because he's just a generally likable guy. James Martin is great. Jim Carrey is hilarious. The character of Sonic really works. They really helps set up a future they they really set up a franchise without making it feel forced it felt organic like there should there there will obviously be a sequel because of this and this and this which are elements of the story not just something they threw in at the last second to set up a franchise is there any do you want to know well no i was gonna say is there any like post-credit scenes or anything or Uh, if i if i I watch it post-credit i think it's just the last scene in the movie okay but I, uh, I don't. I, do you want to know? No, don't 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 spoil it for me because you, okay. you you piqued my interest in seeing this movie now. So, I mean, I was gonna watch it eventually, but now you made me put it more on my priority list. So it's fun, and 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 yeah. <laughs> Although maybe maybe I should go rewatch it. Maybe I should go actually watch like Marmaduke and Garfield and Smurfs. Maybe they're fun too. Doubt it. Other than the Chipmunks, I mean, there's like so many of these. It's almost a genre unto itself. Out yeah. in the chipmunks. Uh, watch, uh, watch Paddington Bear, or Pad- Pad- Paddington. There's another one. Paddington. I've, yeah, watch that one. I'm, that one's good. I haven't seen it. Probably won't. Really? Is it good? The first one is. Yeah. Second one's hard. <laughs> You've seen both of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, because wow. I like the first one. So. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to see the second Sonic, probably in the theater, because I actually enjoyed the first one so much. Wow. That's high praise. Yeah, actually, I watched the Harley Quinn movie because it just became available online on a on a shared streaming site that I was that I frequent. It's porn, so Harley Quinn, and I was like, "Let me watch this Harley Quinn movie." And I noticed Sonic was also available. I was like, "Let me just watch the opening," and I I stuck with it for the whole time because I was just having so much fun. Hmm. Yeah, Sonic. Not, not that we good. not that we condone that kind of viewing habits uh. here, but. Uh... Of watching porn, well, that too. But uh... what? Whoa! No, I just, I'll, I'll defend porn till the day I die. <laughs> That's my lifeblood. Is that going to call it a show? Or end on, end on that? On note? that note, <laughs> I'm a lifelong bachelor. I'm sorry. Uh, on that note, support uh, anti-coronaviruses and porn. Yeah, that's about. I think that's going to wrap it up. Yes, I think that's going to call it a show. So, uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed us rambling about some movies. Um, if you haven't done so already, 
Hit the uh, like and subscribe button to anywhere you get your uh, podcast from. Follow us on social media at facebook.com slash popculturerewind. And uh, just be safe out there. Don't, uh, you know, we'll uh, get through all this corona Keep, keep your stuff. social distance, I guess, is the best six, advice. Six feet away, I guess. Yeah. Groups of ten or, or less, Yeah, I think, is, is the rule. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, uh, this is a crazy thing that. I was going to say this country, but the whole world is going through right now. Yeah. But uh, we'll get through it. I'm confident it'll pass and it'll become something we just refer to as like, remember that time. And then after this, dude, the economy is going to blow up because everybody's going to be out like going crazy, buying shit and going nuts. People are saying that like there's this is going to be sort of like how like the baby boomers Mm -hmm. Uh, came about because it came after the war like because everybody's staying home right now everybody's fucking and making babies right now (laughs) like (laughs) i read that they're gonna anticipate this is gonna be a major surge in births you know nine months yeah (laughs) there's things called uh you know condoms and pulling out but whatever (laughs) on that note (laughs) on that note okay we're gonna wrap this one up so again hope you guys enjoy this show until next time always remember to pop your culture and pull out that's great it starts with an earthquake birds and snakes and airplane lenny bruce is not afraid i have a hurricane listen to yourself turn world serves its own needs dummy serve your own needs feed it up an ox speak grunt no strength the ladder starts to clatter with fear fight down high fire in a fire rivers in the seven games in the government for hire in a combat site left to us are coming in a hurry with the furies I just remembered I was going to talk about so uh, when we're going we're talking about the whole corona shit uh, I was going to mention how the uh, the media trying to put everybody in a state of panic matter of fact it got to the point where the local news over here in Houston on their Facebook page they they changed their uh, you know on Facebook you have like uh, like the cover image that for their logo and stuff on their profile and they put it where it says coronavirus but the way they did it I shit you not dude like the backdrop was like a dark red, like a maroon red, and like the font was like a almost like a Walking Dead font. 
like they used like they were like the image the image of coronavirus it was like the image of it of just seeing that was to invoke fear like to invoke this is a bad like this is gonna kill us all as in they expect people to fear the walking dead you got it Um, Do you know they're making a new spinoff of that, but it's like teenage oriented. Yeah, I don't I've heard know. about. I haven't. I've only read about it, but yeah, yeah. Like, I, I didn't care about the other spinoff. I didn't even care about the original show anymore. So yeah, I'm still watching the original show just out of habit, but I barely. It's still on. Yeah, the original show's still on. Yeah, didn't is Rick Rick died right? He didn't like die. Andy Lincoln. Andy he, Lincoln's not in the show anymore. He's not in the show, but he didn't die. He, so d- don't tell me. Uh, one day I'll sit down and I'll. No, you're it, not. Don't tell me. Uh, one day I will. When I'm like 16 and retired, and I'll, you know what? Fuck it. Let me put on this. Let me just type something in because DVDs and shit won't exist anymore. Let me let me virtually scan it into my eyeballs or something like that. Let me hack it. And I'll binge the-, the series from the beginning. And I'll be like, Hey, John Berthold, I remember that dude. He's governor now. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I'd vote for him. Yeah, no, dude. From the on the show, the, there's only two people left from season one. Daryl. Yeah. Uh, and who's Dar- Carol? Yep. Daryl. Oh my god, Daryl and Carol. <laughs> oh wow. Well, I mean, not like that was a big list of shoes. Wait, so Carl died? Uh, yeah, he's gone. Oh, I didn't know that. Coral. Yeah, Coral died. Coral's dead. Huh. That's interesting. Why hasn't that kid gone on to start a movie career? Chandler, Chandler yeah. Riggs, something like that. The actor's name. Yeah, he's young. He's he's, he's got I some notoriety. He got, I, I could be mistaken, but I thought he got he left the show to like not act to like go back to like college and shit. Oh. Maybe I could be. I may I may be wrong on that, but I think I heard something about that. Ah, good for him. Wait a yeah. few years, come back. Yeah. Michonne is still there, but she's leaving. Yeah. Disassociate yourself from the show a little bit because it's sort of uh, there's a stink about it now. Yeah, yeah, smart move. So Michonne's at the, or, so I guess she's not fucking in uh, Rick anymore. No, they had a kid though. What? Yeah, dude, it's fu- <laughs> I'm gonna watch it one day. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if it if it helps, like the kid's not even in the fucking show. Like you barely you'll see him like in the background at some point. Like oh, I forget they have a fucking kid. Like they what inv- happened he's... to the other kid, the other baby that he had with Lori before Lori died? Judith, yeah, she's still there. So there's, she's like there's she's like toddler running around. Doing yeah. Nothing. Oh no, they did like a five year time jump. So no, she's like a what? Yeah, they did a time jump. <laughs> Five, oh. five, five year time jump. Yeah. So Walker's still a thing in, yeah. in five years. Yeah. To, to, oh God. <laughs> what are they fucking One Tree Hill? You ever watch One Tree Hill? No. They okay after they graduate. I did religiously, and uh, after high school they did a four year time jump, and then the next season is just like. It's like they saw Saved by the Bell the college years and were like, we are not doing that. We are just going to leapfrog over the Saved by the Bell the college years version of our show. And now it's four years later and they have careers and jobs and shit like that. And mm. 
And that's sort of when I started to tune out. And then the show ran for like another five fucking years. But the first half of One Tree Hill, I'm doing the Wakanda forever. One Tree Hill forever. I was I was heavy into the One Tree Hill for the first like four years. Did you till ever? Until they, they killed Keith. Did you ever revisit? Spoilers! No. Uh, did you ever revisit it afterwards? Does it hold up? No. 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 But I remember as the show was airing live, I remember this was back in the day when like IMDb message boards were a thing. Mm. And I would watch the show as it aired with my laptop, and I'd be like chiming, making messages, and it was like a forum, you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't know what the equivalent today is. I'm not a big internet guy, Reddit or something. But like, I I would be like, "Oh my god, the scene!" And I'd be live chatting with people through IMDb message boards as the show was airing back in like 2005 or something. Yeah. Well, now you have Reddit, or you can even do that on Twitter. And uh, Oh, yeah, Twitter. Duh, Twitter. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, yeah, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. 